What oh my god! Sound. I'm just gonna start yeah. the podcast right there because that <laughs> sound is so perfect. <laughs> Did it pick up? It totally picked up. You can totally hear that. Here we go. Today at a very ASMR <laughs> version of libations for everyone. Let's mark up this table a little more. <laughs> yeah, why not? Man? I mean, at this point, we might want to just see how far we can push the disintegration of the veneer on this table. I mean, I'll eventually sell this thing. This is an art piece. We'll frame it. Yeah. I am getting. I am going to remodel this room very soon. Let's put it up for auction at the live yeah. show. Who wants? There the, you go. Custom design. Alcohol stained fucking conference room table but you'll know how many good times have been had yeah. uh when dangerous man pulled up their old bar top they had cribbage boards made for everybody and on i think on the inside or on the back of it it said uh i hope this brings you as much joy as this bar top brought all of our 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 guests and i thought that was a really cool way to look that, at it that is adorable you know we're locking in all these memories for yeah. everybody i love it uh but after that Wonderful ASMR uh, pouring of, of of liquid from Charles. Second I feel like- only to when I did the. Uh, what was that? What do we? Why do we even do that? I don't even remember. Oh, it was my buddy getting frisbee. That's by what Brock it was. He Lesnar. got tossed by Brock Lesnar, and we did that. We did, uh, uh, yeah. And it came in in stereo in my headphones. Which oh was my wonderful. god. Uh, you you know us by now, hopefully. But if you're tuning in for the first time, I am one of the co-hosts. My name is Ben Quam. Across from me is my good friend and co-host Charles Awad. And we are uh, we're rocking this little show called Libations for Everyone. And uh, we have uh, we have some royalty with us today. We have somebody that uh, Charles and I have been trying to get on the show since we first conceived the idea, and finally schedules worked out. You've heard him laughing already, and I feel yeah, like I only asked him one time, and he said yes. So. Oh. Well, we've been trying to figure out a time to make it work. I guess maybe that's easier. Trying to uh, trying to figure out how to balance out. You know, we want to try and give a broad spectrum of guests, different backgrounds, different careers, different interests. And uh, I'm just excited to to have you sitting across the table from us. So, uh, without any further ado, would you please introduce yourself and let everybody know uh, what you're doing? Hey, everybody. My name's Juno Choi. Uh, yeah, I am uh, an owner of a brewery called Arbiter Brewing. And uh, work also at another place called Brewer Supply Group. Um, but yeah, I, my life has been surrounded by beer for quite a while, and uh, that's where I hope to be in the future. There's a, a you know, I'm I'm relatively young in the beer career versus a lot of the other people around. But even going back to when I was in bars and restaurants, you've always been ubiquitous with the the craft side of beer. That's that's just another word for old. <laughs> well, I think we can all say that. You know, we got we got some while. we got some grays to prove it. Uh, but yeah, it's going from, yeah, you're right. Well, you shaved it off so you can't prove it. I pluck a couple. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh. yeah. The, uh, the, the, the beard is still Vanta black. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, can, maybe before we get to our biter, can you talk a little bit about BSG and just kind of how that a lot of people know the breweries and a lot of people know the styles of beer, but a lot of people don't know the amount of work that it takes to get all the ingredients there and, and kind of get things going. Yeah, totally, Ben. Uh, so BSG st- really stands for Brewer Supply Group, and uh, we're a supplier and distributor of brewing ingredients, uh, mainly malt and hops and yeast. 
Um, but we're also part of Rar Malting, which is uh, a pretty cool thing for Minnesota and the breweries around here. It's uh, They'll be celebrating their 175th anniversary That's amazing. next year. So 1847 uh, is when they started. That's incredible. Um, Previous to statehood. Yes, definitely. Amazing. Definitely. Um, so cool piece of history there. Fifth generation, family owned malting company. And really, you know. Over 20 years ago, they saw the need for uh, really supplying some of the smaller brewers. And at that time, you know, we mm. called it microbrews, not craft <laughs> beer. Um, so really, BSG was born out of really the craft beer movement that began. And um, it's been a joy to work there for a Minnesota company um, that has a lot of history. And, and frankly, it's, it's great uh, because... Really, a lot of our breweries uh, uh, are connected to BSG in some way in terms of product. Um, right. So it's been a real joy to work there. And then when did, uh, when did the transition come to, now it's my time to make our stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, really with our Biter Brewing and the brewery, um, you know, like most things, they start a long time ago. Probably about five years ago is really when the first initial talks began uh, about um, the brewery, uh, but really, you know, things kicked into gear, uh, really in that sort of, uh, 2018, 2019. Um, and then really the brewery just opened up, uh, we'll be technically celebrating our one year anniversary, uh, in January is when we can first have people to the public. So. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, and (laughs) you've been a year already. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't it just seem like everything moves so fast? Uh, I mean, it didn't move very fast for opening the brewery. We actually did a collaboration beer at Falling Knife with these guys that we called Still Opening Soon. Definitely, um, definitely. Which it, is a spectacular beer. But I, even then, I still can't believe, wow, it's been a year. Definitely, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had that coming soon sign on that building for, yeah. for quite a while. So, thankfully, the neighborhood uh, didn't give up on us. So For for anybody in the Twin Cities or for anybody coming to visit the Twin Cities, where, where would they be able to find Arbiter? Well, Arbiter's located right on Minnehaha, just uh, a block south of Lake. Beauty. And we are drinking some of your wonderful juice. Yeah. Uh, right now we're drinking some Haha Pills, named after Minnehaha uh, Avenue. And yeah, this is a, a North German-style Pilsner, um, pretty much using uh, ingredients like uh, German Pils malt. Uh, we went with traditional German Hallertau Middlefru hops. Um, yeah, it's a great beer, around 5.2%. Uh, nice little hop hop bite on on the malty backbone, but uh, yeah, it's actually my favorite. Yeah, full disclosure to our audience, I unabashedly love this beer, and I've probably told you that no shorter than twenty times. But I just enjoy this so much. Yeah, I dig this big time. When it's easy drinking and then it has that crisp, slightly bitter bite, like to me, that is always what, it's like cloyingly tugging me back to have more. And I love that about that. I love the way that that stands up with food. Especially a lot of the food that I cook is very rich or very spicy. And having something that can just cut right through all of that, like a razor blade, is it's just awesome. So uh, for anybody out there that maybe hasn't wandered too far into the, the Pilsner category, if any of that sounds good, please go do that. <laughs> There's so many wonderful <laughs> Pilsners from all over. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Heck yeah. Uh, what are we gonna what are we gonna what are we gonna sip first? Are we doing our shooter? Let's do it. So we had uh, Ida Graves, which we've had before. Uh, Minnesota Distillery. This is their Amaro, their bitter liqueur that they just released to the public. Uh, and I was excited to get my hands on this because a friend of the program and friend of the hosts, uh, Andrew Kraft, mm-hmm. Chef Andrew Kraft from Chef. the Bungalow Club, had um, 
had some of this in his possession and told me how good it was, and I didn't have a chance to try it. He's got some on his shelf now, but I was able to find some at Stinson Liquor. And uh, this is the, their Wild Forge bottle. They do mm-hmm. a Wild Forge bottle every year. Chef Alan Burgo helps out with that. I don't know what ingredient was foraged. I know I've read it, but I'm not going to lie and pretend that I remember <laughs> what it was. That's pretty cool. It's uh, 70% or, uh, sorry, 70 proof. 70%. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, 70 proof. And uh, I could go for a digestive, so why don't we? Yeah. Awesome. This, uh, I, I still have yet to find anything from Ida Graves that I don't love. And this is one of my favorites. I have not had this year's. I've only had, I don't think I've had this year's. I think I've only had last year's. But we've had. I think s- I had this. Maybe Where did I have this. Did we have this at Cigar Club? Did Paul bring this? Oh, someone brought it. Someone brought it to yeah. Bungalow Club, but it yeah. wasn't. Yep. Yeah, so I, I have had it. But hey, let's go. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. God damn, that's so mm. good. Oh yeah, that's great. Lovely, lovely. And also, speaking of Bungalow Club, my wife and I finally got to go to celebrate her birthday. We got to go and do their tasting menu. Uh, absolutely spectacular. If you are from the Twin Cities or you're tra- traveling through, please go check them out. The Bungalow Club is – it was wonderful. The ambiance was very intimate but still fun. The food was incredibly thoughtful. I, I, I was swooning, and I don't throw that out there that often, but it was, it was absolutely spectacular. And there were still some things that we didn't get on the menu that we want to go back and get now. <laughs> well, I think a uh, great thing now when going out to eat is just how much you really appreciate oh, man. For good real. food, good service, uh, and just, you know, relish the experience. That's it. Everything just tastes a little sweeter uh, because we know what it's like to, to lose it. And we know how many places almost didn't make it. Obviously, a lot of places didn't make it. And uh Hopefully, all of that is in the back of your head every time you go out to eat, and it just makes you a little bit more generous, a little bit more patient, and a little bit more grateful. Because, yeah. man, they've been through some shit. Uh, and there's still new restaurants opening up, yeah. right? Yeah, you love to see it. It's amazing. Like, every time I see something new popping up, it's like, yes, there is life, and we, we, will, we will figure our way out of the forest. I did but, recently get to check out Awamni. Oh, uh, man. Nice. Yeah. Been trying Great, amazing, great, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when uh, maybe They've about solid. Yeah, yeah. Maybe when a couple months ago, uh, definitely made that reservation in advance and uh, just had a great time. Just trying somebody's point of view, right? Yeah. And really diving into you know interpretation of uh, Sean Sherman's indigenous food, right? So um, definitely that was a joy to go out and have a dining experience. One of first such restaurants in the United States, which is unfortunate, but there are more forthcoming. He posted one. He posted about one uh, that's woman-owned that's opening. I, I, I can't say where, but a few days ago. So it's, that's exciting to see that we're we're encountering more of that cuisine being opened and fine dining and, and sort of casual dining and environments. It really, yeah, and it really is like it's a wonderful educational experience too. Uh, while I haven't been able to eat there, um, I was fortunate enough in 2020 to be able to volunteer a bunch with the indigenous food labs uh, that Sean runs with a great team of humans. And we were um, packing up meals for people that are experiencing homelessness and then also for um, some people in the, the Little Earth community. And having him go through and explain why all of the ingredients are there and then how they all fit into the food wheel, it, it's, it's so holistic and it's so natural for like what this environment is. It's all the things that should be here, all the things that should be growing, and so many things that are native to here that we just ignore. 
And it was it was kind of breathtaking to be a part of that and then to pack it all up and then obviously bring it out to people that are in need. It was just such a wonderful thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have had that experience with them. And the fact that they're still pushing forward and doing that while running a brand new uh, a critical acclaim receiving restaurant, it just shows you the heart that's behind all that. Totally. I think that's you can you can tell that in everything that happens that there's there's so much heart behind that. But we did take a shot, so I feel like we should get into some questions. And so we shall. And so we shall. Uh, I think I go first. You are going first. Um, so given the fact that we are all uh, craft beer related, I wanted to start with a beer question. So, and, and this is going to sound crazy. We, we always say that you can answer this question differently at any moment. So nobody's going to hold you to this answer. But we all love beer for myriad reasons and moments. But could you pick your favorite time or setting to have a beer and what would the style be like if you had to have like a perfect beer Mm -hmm. what would if you close your eyes what would you be envisioning (laughs) uh well i think it's kind of a blend of a couple things that come are coming to my head here really is uh you know i'm a, a big fan of nature right and uh i can imagine really sort of Hiking out in the Pacific Northwest uh, after a long day of seeing the sights and really just enjoying something like uh, an STS Pills from Russian River would just be great. Um, that would be definitely something that I would totally enjoy. Or, you know, I've, I recall another time, you know, uh, if you transport me to Bomberg, uh, you know, and really have Rauch beer at its source. Uh, Places like Special uh, and Schlenka and all that stuff is just oh, that that brings back amazing memories of my time there. Um, you know, other times in Belgium as well, well too. Sure, uh, I had a great time drinking with some of the Surly crew, uh, like Ben Smith uh, and a few others, um, and just posting up at Cantillon and enjoying the beers together. I mean, beer is always best enjoyed with friends. So, I mean, wherever I'm going to be with that, it's going to be with somebody else, right? I'm so sad because I had a wonderful time in Belgium, but it was before I had any interest in beer and I missed basically all of it. You know, I had some stuff on on draft that was at different bars, but I wasn't even really paying that much attention. It was I was just so excited to be in Belgium, and I was way more excited about the food. Mm-hmm. And now looking back at like where my life has gone, it was like, come on! <laughs> like, and uh-huh. I I know I'll get back, but it's 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 always farther down in the list because there's so many places. Yeah. Left well, to here see. we go. But I think we're forming a, a possible uh, trip somewhere. There we go. Let's take it <laughs> on the road. <laughs> uh, Charles, what about you? It's a very complex question. It is. The easy answer is obviously, especially like modern day, if you're talking about this time, this place, it is a crispy boy on a hot summer day with hot coals in my grill and a bunch of ice in my Yeti and a lot of people in the yard with me. The dog's running around. Everyone's laughing. I'm cracking shitty jokes. Pop open the lid, grab a Pilsner of any sort or a lager of any sort. Could be a Tom's on one day. It could be a High Life, for that matter. Um, I don't Almaza if I can access it. <laughs> but just that's that is like my happy place, being out with my friends and having a beer. So if you're asking me like right now in my current life uh, at my age, what what do I want? That's what I want. If the time and place, if I can take creative license with that, absolutely, <laughs> any time in any place. 
Take me back to when I was bewildered by every flavor of every beer, uh. you know, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, for instance, when I would be in Colorado for the Great American Beer Festival around 10 years ago and what the funk would be happening. Here's a great example. Uh, one year, the first year that they did What the Funk, uh, I was at the event and Jeff Halverson and Matt Huntington were pouring for Surly because people didn't show up to pour. Like whoever was supposed to show up uh -huh. didn't show up. I forget who it was. But they ended up pouring. And I walked up, of course, the first thing I did is said hello to those guys because I found out they were going to be pouring for Surly, even though they were in town to attend. <laughs> and Jeff looks at me and he goes, dude, have you been to Side Project? And I said, "What? What's, who is Side Project? <laughs> he said, Side Project Brewing in here? They're in the far back corner. You can barely find them. They're all by themselves. It's a passion project of the head brewer from Perennial Brewing Company. And he's making all this wild ale, this American wild ale, and these saisons that'll just blow your mind. And this is the first time he's been serving to the public. Wow. I was like, sure, I'll check it out. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I've heard this song and dance before. Jester King's right there. Yeah, I'm going to just walk right past him so I can go find the guy from Perennial's side project. <laughs> I went back in the corner and I had Saison du Fermier for the first time. And it absolutely knocked my fucking socks off. That beer blew my mind. Still my favorite Saison on planet Earth. And uh, I, I just miss... I'm, I, don't like, I don't seek out that experience of having your mind blown because it's not worth seeking in the beer space. We've had it all. I stopped kicking beers on untapped when I hit 5,000 because I was like, well, what am I doing to myself? And that was like six years ago. Yeah. So I'm at this stage where I've had every conceivable flavor except for the stuff that's too weird to really wrap your head around and maybe isn't worthwhile. But those days you could have a mm -hmm. beer like a Saison du Fermier, this very like lemony, poppy, effervescent take on the Saison, which is not classical in any way. It's a new interpretation, but a beautiful one that someday will be revered as a classic. Uh, Hill Farmstead does very similar styles yep. of saisons. But in those days, I could have a beer like that yeah. and say to myself, oh my God, what is this and how can I access more of it? So I really miss that. So if it's any time in any place, that's a pretty good example. If you're talking about almost 40-year-old Charles, just give me a crispy boy in my yard the sun bearing down on me and you know the grill hot with coals <laughs> i don't want to go too far down mm -hmm. like a, a metaphorical rabbit hole but i also <laughs> think that that's part of that's part of learning and that's part of wisdom is you'll never love anything more than the first time you fall in love with something that's yours mm -hmm. you know like i will never i it, i would i shouldn't say never i would be very hard pressed to love a band as much as I loved, like some of the first bands that I found out that were my music that I found on my own, you know, like the, even the intensity of like junior high and high school love, mm -hmm. like that is so, it's such an intense feeling. And of course you're going to fall in love and, and hopefully you'll find a partner that you spend the rest of your life with. That's awesome. But there is a weird intensity to the first time you have something yeah. that's yours. Yeah. And I feel like the more that I've gotten into beer, wine, spirits, and even food, I think I have a little bit of that feeling too, where I don't know that I'll ever love anything as much as I loved some of my first favorite <laughs> beers and some of the first times that I had like really nice whiskey. Yeah. yeah. It's, you create makes a lot of sense, you know, like you create a huge library and now it's all gradients yeah. above each other or below each other. And that's your own personal journey with yeah. whatever mm -hmm. that happens to be, or it would be whether it's beer, 
uh, wine or liquor. And I guess, you know, the nice part is, is, you know, I think at least with most people, and I know myself included, is, you know, I started with beer, but then really fell in love with scotch whiskey, really mm-hmm. fell in love with wine. So I had some of those new experiences that you're talking about, Charles, in those other types of beverage right. categories afterwards, right? That's a that's a great point. I think that the areas that we have yet to explore or we haven't totally uh, delved into, uh, those we still have those opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of exploration with uh, oxidized champagnes right now because I'm obsessed with them. And I was just at La Trois in Madison last weekend and we had several of them. And I was just a kid in the candy store. Exact same feeling uh-huh. where I was like, wow, I can get this. Because uh, Quam, I told you mm-hmm. many months ago, actually probably a couple of years ago before I knew Paul Hennessy, yep. uh, knowing your relationship with him, if he could find me the, a bottle of that Arpouillon yep. 2009 Grand Cru because I had it at French Laundry and it blew my mind. And I was like, I have to find one. I have to find it. And I haven't been able to find it. Well, I had two champagnes last weekend that have a very similar <laughs> profile. And I was sending him photos of them now that we're pals and he's like oh i got a bunch of stuff for you to try i'm rubbing my hands together looking at marnie like who i'm gonna get in so much trouble with paul that's the best part like is is finding out those different paths Mm -hmm. you know i uh i am fortunate enough to have had three of my closest male friends go through psalm one and psalm two and when they were doing psalm one i proctored a lot of their practice exams and then I was tasting along with them so i knew what the answers were but i also hadn't done a lot of the coursework so i could study while they were trying to go through all of their different tasting levels, I was actually just reading about the wine and then listening to what they were saying. And I have found that I still am in the shallow end of the pool when it comes to all that stuff. Um, And especially with the explosion of like Pet Nat and oxidized champagne, there's just so much more even coming to us right now. And that's, I I love that. But I kind of took the question in the opposite direction that you did about beer. And that it's not necessarily an exact beer, but it's it's a moment. And I thought back to something that uh, when we had um, Mr. Beck on the podcast, we were talking about giving yourself a moment with a cigar, like taking a second to just stop life and slow down. Mm-hmm. And my right. f- one of my favorite memories was when Jenny and I first moved into our house. It was our first winter there. And we have a three seasons porch off the master bedroom. And it's uh, because my wife is incredible. I had nothing to do with it. It's turned into a very like comfy place to hang out. And she was gone one night. I feel like she had the dog with her. Like she must've gone up, up North with her family. So I was just alone in the house uh, with the cat who was passed out sleeping. And it was just cold enough that like I had to wear a coat out there, but it wasn't too cold for me to not want to be there. Mm -hmm. And um, I poured a, I guess I can name it. It was a 2017 double shot, double black from uh, bent paddle. And I poured a little bit of whiskey and I went and I shut the door behind me and you could, you know, you could see your breath. And I just sat with one in each hand and I watched the sun set and the moon kind of appear. And it was just this perfectly serene moment. And I realized that as much as I love whiskey, I had put the whiskey down and I was just slowly savoring sort of all the notes of this like depth. This, this say that's a pretty powerful boilermaker. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, cause I was like, Oh, a beer and, and a shot a beer. That's like, well, that's what I do. And sitting out there, I just kind of wanted to have a moment with that beer and think about all of the hands that had touched it and how long it had taken to get there. And it was just kind of a cool moment while we were, you know, we were living in a, a house without, we used to have a duplex, so there's always somebody upstairs, or actually a triplex. Uh, and then we were in an apartment. So for us, this was our first time 
not having somebody who could thump on the walls or the ceiling. And then on top of that, having just a moment of silence. And that's something that I try to remind myself of, especially around this time of year in that like late fall, early winter is take a little time, you know, like embrace the cold because mm-hmm. we're fucking stuck yeah. with it for a while. <laughs> and come February, I'm not going to embrace it. Yeah. But right now it's a perfect moment to kind of do that and to have something with a high enough uh, ABV that it'll kind of keep you a little bit yeah. warm inside, yeah. you know, get your cheeks a little flushed and then just sit and watch your breath and, and, and think for a little bit. And that's, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to doing that sometime in the next week or two as the colder weather does mm-hmm. come in. And that's like, I mean, of course, like having a beer with your buddies at a concert, there's nothing better or being outside grilling. I love that. But I was trying to think of like a moment just for me. And that would, I think that would be it is taking that time with something dark, you know, kind of curled up and warm, getting the, the kushli or the higge going on for all my <laughs> Scandinavian people out there. Uh, but, you know, just embracing that it's cold outside, but you can always make, make yourself warm and then having something, a beverage that gives your insides what this blanket is giving your outsides. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a great thing to be able to just also take some time, enjoy a beverage. You know, a lot of times we're in social situations, uh, and those are great too for, for all beverages, but, uh, yeah, just having a little time to sip and savor. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and frankly, I think we all need some of those personal moments to just sort of tune everything out and just to be present. Right. <laughs> like how often have we you know, been in a conversation with each other or with friends and all of a sudden you look down and your beer is gone and you're like, wait, I didn't even, <laughs> cause you were just like drinking it ancillarily while you were talking to people. Right. You know, like it's not you even, gotta, a, you got to set it down. Yeah. You know, I can't, <laughs> if I'm holding it, I'm drinking. I'm going to keep drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, are you dinging over there? Is it, I hear a lot of dinging. I don't think so. Someone's dinging. Are you dinging? Am I dinging? I'm, I'm not, not dinging. dinging. I got Not nothing. me. I'm still in airplane mode. Okay. Don't know. Heard some dinging. Question number two. What are we, we going to queue up for the next shot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see. What, mm. what are we thinking? We got a lot of options on the table. So we also have the Johnny Walker High Rye in addition to well, uh, I, some things Juno brought yeah, for us. Yeah, I brought uh, a black walnut liqueur. Um, and that's uh, also kind of known as Nocino. Mm, um, yeah. so that could be enjoyed right there and we could say that for make that. this black so I did not so that was actually made by a, a buddy of mine named Roe Gunzel who used to be the head brewer over at Left Hand for a bit and then worked at Great Divide and is now uh, uh, over at Blue Jacket oh awesome so uh, actually that was a trade uh, I sent him some kimchi and he sent me uh, uh, this black walnut liqueur that he I feel he like makes. that's a so, mutual win right, right there well, no I'm about to find out because I know firsthand <laughs> that Juno's kimchi I used to ration that stuff in my fridge when he gave it to me he'd be like you still have that in your fridge it's two years old I'm like I don't care man just for me I'm use it just for special occasions yeah maybe let's rock that yeah let's give a shot well yeah. we've already described it so it's time to give it a whirl yeah, and you know, I think well, that's also a, a, a nice joy of you know uh, trading stuff, experience other things that people are making, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect to get this in trade, and so, uh, but it's been wonderful. I, I think those moments are some of my favorite moments ever when you realize that that like you just gave something because you enjoy giving something. And then you get something back and it's like, Ooh, what is it? Cause hopefully it means that like whatever they're sending back means as much to them as what you sent. I trade offs like that are, are just fantastic. My, you gotta uh, love it. 
my cousin uh, was just in town from Florida and I had just told him like, Hey, I just want to, I'm going to take you to the brewery. I want to show you around a little bit, give you some beers. And he went to the liquor store and he bought a bunch of his favorite beers and he brought them up in a suitcase. That wasn't, that wasn't necessary, but it was really cool. And now I got a little slice of like what he enjoys when he wants mm-hmm. to take a moment for mm-hmm. himself. And it's sort of passing those moments to each other is pretty amazing. Almost exactly three shots on the dot. <laughs> Save like an extra quarter of an ounce. That's pretty perfect. Mm, I'll see you now. Thank you, Ro. Cheers. Oh, man, I want to bathe mm. in that. Yeah, that is finish is just beautiful. That is exceptional. I think I may need to send him another batch of kimchi. Yeah, I say, <laughs> and I can't buy it. So, boy, and like with the Ida Graves before it, like it's almost there's a little through line from the the clove between the two, mm-hmm. but wildly different flavors on the the front end of the palate. Ooh, that is excellent. Let's get on with it, Juno. Which foods are better to get from cheap grocery stores as opposed to fancy grocery stores? Mm. Kind of thing you don't think about, but <laughs> if you do think about it for a couple of minutes, uh-huh. it occurs to you that there are things that like, don't get it from Whole Foods, don't get it from Lunds, go to like Aldi, or I'm trying to think of brands that would be recognizable to all people, but like Aldi would qualify, or here we have Cub Foods, so like chains of that nature. They're the bigger ones and are they're more plentiful. But there are things that are you're better served to getting it mm-hmm. at that store, mostly because of the cost. Yeah. Well, I, I will say one thing is I will usually always overpay for produce. Um, yeah. So yeah. because I think, uh, you know, when you put them side by side, I think you can taste the difference. The for quality sure. varies yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, too, that I will probably get at a cheaper place in, in – Cheaper in terms of price, not the experience, not the place itself, uh, is I usually get uh, uh, Korean short ribs or galbi cut short ribs at places like uh, a lot of Mexican carniceras, stuff like that. If you try to get them at Whole Foods, you're going to be paying a whole lot more. So um, that's definitely one of the things. And, you know, um, I mean, nowadays you can get uh, 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 Korean short ribs cut that way at your local cub over there. But, um, yeah, that was always my hidden gem in terms of finding uh, short ribs because there wasn't that 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 extra markup that you might find at a, a more hoity-toity uh, grocery store. <laughs> what, uh, am I allowed to have a little bit of freedom on this question? It's what you what you make it. Make the question yeah. your own. Because I feel like uh, the the place that my brain went right off the bat was like, I'll go. I'll always buy like basil and mint and um, Thai chili peppers ah, from. You have brought from, this up before with the the herbs in particular. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you can get you know like a, a giant fistful of mint for two dollars at the Asian grocery store, and you can get a little like unrecyclable piece of shit plastic box with five leaves that are browning for the same cost at, at Hy-Vee. It's just, right. it, it boggles my mind. Uh, the Mercado from nearest to our house, limes are always three for a dollar when they're always a dollar a piece mm-hmm. at the grocery store. That kind of stuff, 100%. I think also going off the meat, like 
if I wanted to do like carne asada and I want to get some arrocheta, like I'm going to go to like a, a Mexican grocery mm-hmm. store or a Mercado because it's a, it's always cheaper and the cut is always better. It's people who know how to cut it like that because that's what they want to have. Mm-hmm. I love all that. If we're looking at just straight cub foods, it's all of the, all of the foods that I associate a little bit of shame with like the best, <laughs> the best like stadium nacho cheese comes from like usually cub foods is where i'll find it sure and it's in a big ass can yeah almost all the commodity (laughs) stuff you're not gonna find that at whole foods (laughs) and there are just times like i have made nacho cheese from scratch i make cheese dip i do all that there are times where i want like Mm -hmm. metrodome twins game nachos (laughs) and the only thing that will work and you want it fast (laughs) yeah and like and then they have like the disgustingly over salted tortilla chips that are like a dollar 99 like it's the (laughs) whole thing right there and then why not just get the canned pickled hollow like if i'm going for that experience that's what i want and i will 100 percent go and, and do that now i will say in just in my neighborhood i don't know about everywhere else but in my neighborhood um I, I, our produce department is actually better at Cub Foods than it is at Hy-Vee, which is at least like a buck more. There's a lot more organic produce. There's a lot more like open produce, whereas everything seems to be prepackaged at mm. like at a Hy-Vee or even at Whole Foods. Um, some of their stuff is is open, but then they'll you know they'll do the quick grab stuff, and I just prefer like I'm going to go through and find the ones that I want. Yeah, I don't need my Brussels sprouts already pre-bagged. I'll figure that out on my own. <laughs> But I suppose that's how they get you. I don't know. So usually it depends right. on what we're going to be eating. I'll just try and figure out what my little loop is going to be to pick everything up. <laughs> totally. Charles, what about you? I mean, if, if there are things where the quality is very similar. It's basically the same quality, but the value is a lot better at those uh, big, cheaper grocery stores. Grains any grains that I need. Like if I buy farro from the fancy grocery store, it's double arborio. Mm -hmm. It's double for sure. So things of that nature, like any, like amaranth, any kind of ancient grain, it's going to be way more expensive. Wild rice, all that stuff, way more expensive. That's similar quality. Here's a weird thing. You know, what's way better at the types of grocery stores, the cheap grocery stores than it is at the fancy grocery stores. It's about the same price. Sometimes it's actually a little cheaper. A fucking rotisserie chicken. Oh, for sure. <laughs> the rotisserie chickens at Whole Foods are a fucking nightmare. They are so bad. They're like the if you get the wrong one and you can't always tell when you're looking at the bag because they come in a bag. By the way, the the drummy is like dust jerky. It's like jerky. <laughs> yeah. The last one I got was like that, and I was so pissed. I was like, I should have went to Cub Foods because they got like real nice juicy rotisserie chickens. I think part of it's turnover. They have like a lot of yeah. families that come in and buy those rotisserie chickens. And they just keep pushing them out. Mm-hmm. So they're selling probably hundreds of those a day. Whereas Whole Foods maybe sells, based on how many people I've seen them grab, <laughs> grab one except me, probably a dozen. They probably sell a dozen of those a day. So that's something. It's like it's eight bucks at Cub Foods, local grocery store here. And they're like big and juicy, perfectly prepared. And it's actually seasoned. Because the Whole Foods ones <laughs> don't even have seasoning on them. That's, I, will, I will jump in on that because that's also... The perfect, then you just make stock afterwards. Like, just grab, right. again, run mm-hmm. over to the produce department, which I like better. Grab onion, garlic, carrots, <laughs> celery, and then just know that as soon as you're done eating, then you just throw the carcass in, and then you're good to go. Made yourself <laughs> some stock for this upcoming winter. Yeah, and grabbing <laughs> that chicken is also the best shortcut to making a really good chicken soup for someone mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. love that is under the weather. Correct. If you don't want to 
thaw a chicken or get a fresh chicken and then roast it out for an hour and then wait for it to cool so you can shred it. Go buy a really nice rotisserie chicken. You're ready to party. Shred it up by hand while you're doing all the other stuff. Uh, and you can't get a dry chicken because it's going into a soup <laughs> where it's going to cook more. <laughs> just pulling like strands of sinew out of your mouth. Like, oh, my goodness. It's choking. It's yeah. like a little meat toothpick in there. Yeah, give that to someone who's already got a sore throat. That's a good idea. In pro tip here, always talk to who's ever working behind the counter. Absolutely. And, you know, they work with... Whatever they're doing, whether it's your cheesemonger, your butcher person, etc., uh, they're dealing with that stuff every day, and you know they're going to usually point you in the right direction. So it's probably very telling that there's no one within 200 yards of where you pick up the rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. I do love uh, you're you're so right. I do love Juno that I can walk in and now I have two different butcher departments that know me by name. Will immediately they'll be like, "Hey Ben, what are you making tonight?" And they want to know what I'm making, mm-hmm. and then they'll suggest what they think is like that. Again, let the smart people do the work for you. <laughs> you know, I'm remotely smart, and I'm at least kind of affable. But like, let them. That's what they do for yep. a living. They'll pull the cuts for you. And it's, well, yeah, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, yeah it's the same price. Invite me into your world, right? <laughs> I want to learn. <laughs> it's not weird to ask to smell the fish. No. Like, that's not like a Karen thing. If you want to smell the fish, just you're looking at the eye. It's maybe, you know, you're like, is that high cloudy? It's I a little milky. I can't see through here. Is that? Well, if, if you can tell for sure, then don't even smell it. Right. Because you might but, faint. But if, if you can't tell if it's thumbprints on the glass or if it's. <laughs> for sure. But if you, yeah, if you're like, can I, can I take a whiff of the Opa? I just want to make sure it's, you know, and they'll, oh, sure, they'll lift it right up to your nose. Take a whiff. Does it smell good? Fucking grab it. It's on sale. Or, yeah, asking them to make a specific cut. Someday on this podcast, I'll tell the story of the hatchback chicken, but today is not that day. <laughs> I, I actually had a guy... Um, hatchback chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty funny story. I had, Save a, it for another time. I had a fishmonger actually uh, tell me that he knew that there were better crab legs in back, and he'd go get them for me if I gave him my uh, the, the spicy butter recipe that I had. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so I screenshotted it. I airdropped it to his phone, and he's like, word, I'll be right back. And he came back with, I mean, they were some of the most beautiful crab legs I've ever seen in Minnesota. And boom, there they go. Mm-hmm. Just put them right in there. Mm-hmm. Didn't cost me anything. All you had to do, again, yeah. was share something that you like. Yeah. And just treat somebody well, like a human. Yeah. Crab legs is Say hello. One. That is another one, too. Snow crab legs, especially. Mm-hmm. Get snow crab legs from the cheap grocery store. They're the same snow crab legs. Mm-hmm. And they were flash steamed <laughs> on the same fucking boat. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I don't know if I could say the same thing if I'm in, like on the coast where it's coming in like if I'm in New England maybe there's a different sure. hierarchy well if you can go to if you can go to a nice fish market I mean yeah. we have nice fish markets too but if you're just trying to gorge yourself on snow crab legs I'll go I'll go to Cub Foods instead of going even yeah. like somewhere like Coastal where they're getting flown in fresh it's snow crab like I just I want to eat four pounds don't look at me <laughs> Going to get them from Cub Foods. Also, Charles, uh, a digression back to something that you said. Uh, I have never been to an Aldi. Am I missing out on something? No, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> my mom loves Aldi. I, dude, I've I have been in it. I have the people in my weird. life that are like they're like they're it's Aldi and Trader Joe's. I have some Those... friends that just do produce at Aldi. Actually, okay, you I have a lawn chair, but you can't get a ribeye. I don't understand. <laughs> 
It's so confusing. <laughs> to quote Mitch Hedberg, we got spaghetti and blankets. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not the, the um, it's not a meager selection, but it is a confusing one. Yeah, You're like what? See, that's how I feel about about Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can't go into a Trader Joe's intending to cook something. You have to walk into Trader Joe's, and Trader Joe's will tell you what you're what making. You, yeah. Like I for dinner, motherfucker. <laughs> I have I have friends that are like devotees. My mother, like yeah. Trader Joe's, is almost like a, a synonym for good. She'd be like, "Oh, yeah. it's a Trader Joe's thing," and I I I just don't get it. I walk in there, it's there's nothing bad about it. That's the prepackaged food mecca. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. am I? Like, oh, have you had the dumplings from Trader Joe's? <laughs> fuck no. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it. I get mine from Saturday Dumpling Club. Where the fuck are you getting your dumplings from? Trader Joe's. <laughs> Come on. I just don't – I don't know. It's it's always – I drive by an Aldi at least once a day mm-hmm. in all my windshield time cruising around the city. Pop and, in some time. And every time I'm just like – So you can get that <laughs> cart loose. <laughs> just like, am I – nah. <laughs> like, I'll just keep going. I finally went into a fresh time for the first time. That, okay. was, that was a nice experience. Mm-hmm. I've never been in one, but that's my favorite place to get crab from because they do king crab legs, the, the smallest ones, but they mm-hmm. do it for like – Twenty one ninety nine a pound, which you is gotta, unheard of. You got to catch it on a special, but yeah, it's... Well, a specials even, dude. Specials even cheaper during the during lockdown. I ordered from them a few times where they were like sixteen bucks a pound, like fifteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I was like, just give me all them crab legs. <laughs> I finally just ducked into one. I was like, I just got to see what this is about. Mm-hmm. And I walked in. I'm like, oh okay, it's like a, a smaller, homier version of like mm-hmm. a Whole Foods. Like uh, there, I mean, everything there was pretty yeah. thoughtful, but it's just it's just small. So, what are your guys' thoughts on Costco? Uh, there's a couple, you know, I have a couple gems that, that, you know, uh, I'll definitely get their olive oil. I think yeah. that's a good one. They have a five. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. <laughs> uh, Costco. See, I've, I have gone to five different butcher shops to try and figure out what I'm, what I'm somehow missing. Costco's brisket is still the best brisket. They've mm-hmm. got great beef. Yeah. It's, yep. it's wild how yeah, good it is beef. and the price is probably half of what i'll get at other like other butcher shops and i try like i'm trying to support like local butcher shops but those are better cuts yeah and when they do their this is going to expire in what like nine days and it's 30 percent off they're already incredibly cheap prime mm-hmm. crown roast it's like 589 a pound come on man that's ridiculous i love i love costco because i'll do the the giant multi-packs of chicken thighs mm-hmm. like yep. we'll throw those in the freezer so we just have them olive oil is another great one um like uh, my the greenies the dental treats for my dog mm-hmm. like sure like she's obsessed with them we've tried other ones she just doesn't like them that one works so i don't have like the awful stinky dog breath yeah in yep. my face all the time uh yeah like anything that i might need in bulk i 100 percent of it yeah I, I de- yeah, I definitely was like, oh, they've got some nice pork belly over here yeah. for uh, a Korean dish and slice yeah. the exact thickness that I want, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of hidden gems over there for sure. And Costco's a good company. Of course, I prefer to support small businesses, mm-hmm. but Costco is a good company that treats their employees well. Sam's Club's terrible. Don't go to Sam's Club. <laughs> yeah, I have I have two friends that still work for Costco, and they swear by it. They said it's the best uh, corporate culture they've ever worked Nice. One of my buddies uh, walked out of Target corporate and just wanted to figure out something else to do. Picked up that job just for a little while, and that was, I think, three and a half or four years ago. And he's like, I'm happy every day I go to work, and I don't know a lot of people in my life that can say that. I'm like, dude, good. Nice. nice. What are we drinking next? Well, I feel like maybe we hit the whiskey trail here. So, Let's um, do it. Uh, we were speaking with – Charles and I were talking with uh, – uh, 
somebody who works for uh, a distributor for Johnny Walker. And we were talking about the different colors. And uh, this is going to be easier. And we were talking about the different colors. And I was talking about how Johnny Gold... Let me give that to you because that's I got it. Uh, Johnny Gold is a, a dessert favorite of mine where I put it in the freezer until mm-hmm. it gets real syrupy, eat it with dark chocolate. And uh, and then just that it's a little bit more approachable maybe for somebody who doesn't love blended scotches. And he told us about this new high rye blend. Thank you. Where they are, uh, they're adding in basically like a whiskey style rye in with their blend as a way of kind of trying to court um, some of the more uh, bourbon-only drinkers out there. And I found a bottle, and lo and behold, you can tell. I mean, it's legit. It would If I had to diagram how to get a bourbon drinker to like a blended scotch, this is probably exactly what I would have drawn up on my best day. It's it's pretty cheap. It was, I think, 34 bucks. Oh, I'm excited you know, to try it. Very approachable, but... Uh, Here's Cheers. some high rye. Lift them high. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. That still leans quite heavily into the scotch area. Mm-hmm. You know what I'd say for me supersedes that in regard to getting a bourbon drinker to like, air quotes, scotch just because of the proximity of Japanese whiskeys to scotch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Nika from the Barrel. Oh, yeah. Nika from the Barrel has like that caramel quality of a bourbon and is very light on those sort of scotch qualities that are endemic to a lot of Japanese whiskeys. So that's one that I think when people have it for the first time, they're very surprised by it. Like, whoa, man, that tastes like. I think the same thing about Fuyu. Um, also oh, sure. incredibly approachable. Still has some of those, uh, like those peat notes. But it's very, very easy to drink. But for the Johnny Walker family, given what the rest of their their color styles taste like, mm-hmm. I really feel like this was this is a good addition to the portfolio, as opposed to when you know they just sort of wedge a new color in between two colors that existed. <laughs> the travelers, yeah, yeah. The, tra- the, the travelers, the travelers, yeah, the yeah. airport only whiskeys, and, yeah, which are probably uh, just palette swaps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the amount of rye character and the spice actually kind of surprised me from Johnny Walker. So yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not super available everywhere. They just didn't ship that much. And obviously we all know about the shipping issues going on. Um, but you can, you can find it at, at a bunch of different liquor stores. So uh, yeah, I just thought it was something fun uh, to bring down and just try it and see what you guys thought. So I dig that. Thank oh, yeah. you for that. Yeah, I think I uh, might have to get my dad a bottle of that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So question. Uh, all three of us in the room have started companies. Um, but I feel like a lot of people who haven't done that maybe don't know exactly what goes into that. Uh, so, Juno, what's something that you wish more people knew about starting a company from scratch? Oh, um, hmm. You mean in terms of just the general people or yeah, if they were like, going to start? No, uh, like, well, either, I guess you could take that yeah. either way. You know, is there, was there a question that you just got tired of answering? Or the flip side is, is there some advice that you wish somebody would have told you before you started on your own venture? Well, I think, you know, I think you have to be, I guess maybe uh, one thing that comes to mind is just, you know, we learn so much from our own uh, failures and mistakes. And, you know, I think the advice that I would give somebody is probably what I, you know, uh, is what 
you know, people have told me in the past, but just really sort of remain true with what you're doing and why you got into it in the first place, because it will be very hard. So uh, if you keep thinking about the reason of why you took that leap, um, that should keep you going through all the difficulty because, um, you know, owning a business and going out on a limb and saying that, um, you're going to do this for you or for your family or whatever, uh, you know, it's very challenging and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not an easy thing. So, you know, uh, I guess that's one thing. That's awesome. I think that's actually, that's pretty salient. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I, I guess you would say that you need to acknowledge from day one and then never forget it. Definitely. But so you're saying uh, accepting that and, and sort of holding on to it and remembering it, like yeah. hanging on to that first dollar well, bill. Well, yeah, I, you know, I think the thing is, is a lot of people, uh, they might have good ideas, um, but executing them uh, is a whole different game, right? Sure. And so, you know, um, just sort of not letting um, all the things that come with owning a business um, detract you from the reason why you started, right? And I think that's what separates some businesses out from everybody else. Otherwise, you get sucked into uh, the normal tropes of... Uh, owning a business, I don't want to be too busy with something to actually focus on the thing that I wanted to start. Right. Can I ask, was there anything specific that you did to keep yourself on that track? Or was it just reminding yourself constantly? Um, I think it was, well, you know, I think uh, definitely reminding myself and, you know, when you have those um, times when things aren't going your way, um, you know, I generally self-reflect um, and, you know, maybe in the past that for some people and, you know, and myself included, that could go down to just being sort of a negative route. But I've really sort of changed that outlook uh, quite a while ago to be, all right, we're at the situation. Really, what's going to get us through is looking back and self-reflecting on the reasons why you do things. And... um then everything else sort of doesn't seem as bad or, you know, you'll get through it. Mm -hmm. Here's another follow-up. With the long gestation period for the launch of Arbiter, mm -hmm. do you, were there things that you ended up doing differently than you would have if you opened when you could have opened? Is there, there have to be. Oh, uh, you know, like, I, I think you, like, everybody shit, would glad. answer yes to that yeah, question. Of course. It's, like a, it's like getting a tattoo when um, you're 18 you know, or waiting to we'll, get a tattoo. We'll do that when I open the second brewery. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, best intentions, but, uh, you know, uh, life throws plenty of things at you and, you know, it's, it's more about how you adapt to those things. Um, yeah, it was, a, a, a definite struggle for us to get open at some points, whether, uh, mentally, financially, things like that. And, um, you know, um, either you got a nice support system around you, whether it's a spouse, a partner, whatever, or friends and, but still, you have to deal with yourself and say, all right, you know, uh, I signed up to do this. This is what I want to do. Um, this is what I believe in. And, um, you know, 
if you signed up for it, like, you know, it's part of a journey. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy every step of the way. And I think if you're, uh, at least for me, you know, having been approached to open up a couple other breweries in the past and, um, late, maybe not late in my brewing, uh, beer career, but you know, um, it was really important to have, uh, my mental commitment and mental desire to do something. Otherwise, uh, you know, I wouldn't do it because I, I yeah. knew it would be difficult. I knew it would be um, taxing emotionally as well, too, you know. Um, but um, during those times where I felt like, oh, man, you know, everything's working against us, um, you know, you have to grasp onto something and, you know, you grasp onto the things that, created a situation where you said, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to strike things on my own. Um, and yeah, I mean, that has helped a lot during the times of sure. open. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, Charles, what about you? I, I helped to open a lot of businesses. So I've launched many, many businesses and there's so many lessons. It's, I could probably write a book about it, but I'm not going to, um, if you, if you're a business to business business, uh, I know that. <laughs> Sorry, I know the idea. If you're a business to business business, a B two B. I just like the fact that you use the same word three times out of four, and it it actually works. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a business type. Like if you're a business to consumer business, but yeah. if you're a business to business business, you don't have one boss. You have as many bosses as you have businesses that you Correct. partner mm-hmm. with. So when I started Patmos Design and Identity 13 years ago this month, I thought. Man, I'm gonna have all the freedom in the world. I can work wherever I want. Uh, you know, I'm applying my trade as an entrepreneur. I'm a sole proprietor. I'm the creative director. This mm-hmm. is gonna be great. I I went from having a boss to having many bosses because that's the way it works. And granted, we're partners. It's not really the relationship isn't like that. But in any way that even if you are friends with your boss or you're close with your boss, you're just below in the pecking order. It's someone that like is gonna be demanding of you for particular needs. That's what happens. Every business that we work, we partner with, that is, there's at least one person that's a point person that is going to control the demands. Uh, I'll, I'll throw another thing in there. You know, they say if you if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's absolute bullshit. <laughs> you're working. You're going to work way harder if you love what you do. Mm-hmm. So it kind of evens out, but the rewards are much greater. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be a business owner for that to be true. Of course, like you can just have a vocation that you love, and you can be employed, gainfully employed by somebody else. But as someone that encourages everybody I know to find some pursuit of entrepreneurship, uh, particularly as like a, a revenue generator into your retired years that can continue to generate revenue while you are no longer working, I, I strongly suggest that you consider that it's a crazy amount of work when the weight is on your shoulders Mm -hmm. your atlas okay if you're the uh proprietor uh, whether that's a sole proprietor you have an llc of partners or whatever if you're an owner the weight of the world is on your shoulders when it comes to your enterprise and the fruits are satisfying Mm -hmm. like when you when things go well there's no better feeling so those are the days where you know when you what you do is is Mm -hmm. so gratifying that the day is painless, but there are days that are going to be very painful, my friend. Very, very painful. And you never know when it's going to happen. And it could be the most random of reasons. Your computer could die. A client could have misordered something or you could have misordered something. 
you never know. So it could be every day you wake up, it could be the best day you've ever had or the worst thing you've ever had. And uh, you, you, you got it, but you got to go into it. Yep. You have to go into it uh, hoping for the best and expecting yeah. the worst. Because if you hope for the best and you get the best, you're going to feel great. But then you also need to be prepared for the uh, emotional impact of things going wrong. Uh, but you have to wake up with positivity every day because you have mm-hmm. to be a self-starter. You have to be yeah. ready to rock no matter what. Well, there, yeah, there's those trade-offs, right? Like I'll take the extra pressure of having staff, having people rely on uh, the business that I've created, uh, you know, in order to work with that staff, get to know them. But also, yeah, it's 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 trade-offs. I will take the hard stuff, but knowing that I can do stuff with the business, whatever it may be, and have it be my way, mm-hmm. um, yep. you know, it's worth the trade-off, right? Right. You know, we'll take the extra sacrifice upon ourselves if we believe in something. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I, I totally feel what you're what you're getting there. Um, <laughs> another thing, especially if you have a business with a physical location, right? Uh, definitely, especially if it's a place where people visit. Um, Always get extra outlets. <laughs> yes, yes. Always yes. get extra outlets. And if you're opening a bar, you put know, purse Your contractor may say, ah, yeah, yeah, but it's good. much easier yeah. to uh, get those right away than to add those in later. So. You asked me, someone asked me yesterday, like, why don't bars have like tops that you can do the quee charge on your phones? I'm like, I think some do, but yep. I don't know where the fuck they are. Uh, I, well, but, and then but, you have to deal with like if there's something sticky on it or if something gets yeah. wet. Or a circuit goes out. Yeah, or, it just seems like a nightmare. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Outlets, with especially with the USB plugs <laughs> at this point. Basically re- review those blueprints yeah. very, very closely because, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my, my thought was uh, – I, I, it's tough to say because this sounds negative, but I don't mean it to be negative, but – it's just to remind yourself that not everybody knows or shares your exact vision. Um, I, I've started two companies, one with four people and one with two. And uh, that was the hardest lesson for me to learn both times mm-hmm. was that everybody else has their own vision, but also that not everybody can see the way that you see it. And if you don't keep reminding yourself of that, you will always be disappointed when things don't work out or when you have a, a disagreement with somebody mm-hmm. because you like, well, we, we have this vision together. It, it's always from two different points of view. You know, you can stand directly next to somebody and look at a tree and you're seeing it from a slightly yeah. different angle. And I think that is, that's a lesson that I wish I had learned earlier. It probably would have made me more empathetic to the people that I was working with. Not that I was like, you know, like a monster or anything, but it just led to more disagreements. And, uh, I would say the same thing to them as well, that we really all should have recognized that. Mm -hmm. And then as you go forward, when you're presenting said business to other people, you also have to remember that they don't have a stake in this, that they're, they're just trying to use the product or use the service and they don't give a shit how long it took you to open. And that shouldn't affect the product Mm -hmm. that they get or the services that they get. And I think that that's also something that, I'm I'm always guilty of, and I feel like uh, I see when I see business owners that have like freakouts or just unload on social media or whatever. You don't. You, we both have to see it from each other's ways, and the difference is the customer doesn't have to always because they can just walk out and go yeah. somewhere else. You need 
customers and you need to at least try to see it from their point of view. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, as I've gotten older and the more that I've learned that, that also applies to a lot of other aspects in life, you know, but, uh, but for me, that was, that was the hardest lesson to learn and probably what sunk at least one of those companies. Uh, That reminds me of something too, which is like, you know, you can be an entrepreneur, um, but sometimes in those cases, it's not just you. So if you decide to do something with a business partner, um, one thing to remember is, you know, once you do that, essentially it is not your sole decision on what moves forward. So right. you really need to be focused and uh, connected in terms of, uh, of what you want to do because you relinquish some of that. So as much as being an entrepreneur is uh, I'm going to do this and I have the right way or I right. feel, you know, this or that, um, you know, uh, if you've got business partners on equal footing, really it, it becomes a group decision sure. and you have to understand and live with that and, and uh, navigate that. Yeah. And agreeing and dis- both disagreeing are healthy for that. And, you know, the hope is that you selected those partners for a reason yeah. and that you can at least get – you don't have to agree on everything that actually is not effective. Yeah. So you need people to bounce ideas off of and to give you a different point of view. Yeah. And there's, there are many lessons and others. Pride, pride goeth before the fall. Like if you're too proud to do things the right way or to provide a product or service that people want to actually pay for – it's going to be a slow death. Mm-hmm. If you absolutely resist the marketplace and you produce a product that nobody wants, but you could very easily make a shift and it doesn't change you fundamentally, but you can do something just a little bit differently so that people will give you money for your product or service, you should strongly consider it and don't let your pride get in the way. That's the thing that I think uh, becomes a problem for a lot of businesses in the modern world is that they so desperately want to do the things that they want to do the way that they want to do them, that they forget that they're providing a product or service for cash money to the general public. And they need people to want to give them money for their product or service. Totally. Oh man. Let's just start a fucking company guys. (laughs) (laughs) Also shout out to everybody who was a part of Metrodome records and this will never work productions. I love you all. And I, I'm I'm admitting my own fault in that. <laughs> well, it was called "This Will Never Work." So, hey, we 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 uh, kind of knew it from the beginning, but <laughs> we took one hell of a hail mary, man. I am, Why have uh, I heard of that? I, I don't. You? I don't think I've talked about it. We uh, Maybe yeah, it sounds familiar. To I mean, it sounds similar. like something a lot of other okay. people. Would, so would you're telling me no one's ever heard of it, and that's why <laughs> it will never work. Yeah, yeah. We we uh, <laughs> we took one pretty huge hail mary and. Uh, and it, did, it didn't work. And the option for us to figure out how to make it work would involve me moving to L.A. And it just didn't. That wasn't in my cards at okay. the time. Probably, and, probably a wise decision. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, okay. Looking at where life is right now, uh, I, I feel like that was the best decision I could have made 12 years ago. Well, you know what will work? Alcohol. Booze. Uh, what, are we, what are we sipping next? What are we thinking? Well, um, you know, one other thing I brought was a uh, sake uh, from the Koji Prefecture. Nice. Um, this was a gift, actually. So I have not tried this uh, before. So this was okay. uh, from a good friend, Brooke, uh, who runs uh, Zhang Mi uh, Arts and Dance Studio, which what is, is really... the name of this um, sake? So this is called Drunken Whale. Oh, that's a cool package. Yeah. yeah. And although I'm amazing. Asian, I don't know the exact pronunciation. I'm Korean, so uh uh Sugi? 
uh, might be the name of the place, uh, the distillery okay. um, in the Kochi Prefecture. But yeah, this was a gift from uh, my friend Brooke. Um, uh, I've definitely, sake is definitely one of the things that I've enjoyed. And actually, I think Charles, you mentioned, was it uh, Stinson earlier? Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Mays uh, is also a great guy that loves sake as well, too. Shout out um, to a longtime friend, Daniel Mays. <laughs> the best guy. Um, yeah, so we're going to give this a try. Um, you know, from what I know, uh, from the bottle, it says it's a June Mai, right? Okay. And so usually the sakes are usually uh, classified by the amount of polishing that happens to the rice. Um, June Mai is actually only uh, 70% or less of the uh, – or 70% uh, of the rice is still remaining. Correct. So it's actually, you know, the higher higher price stuff is usually like uh, Dijingo and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, I guess this is going to be a first time for all of us to try it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big sake bobo too. I like to drink – I like to drink so much sake during the holidays that I scream out like uh, Tom Cruise in the middle of the night. I always say that. Sake! Sake! Uh, when, uh, when my wife and I were, were in New York a few weeks ago, we went and did a, an omakase at uh, Sushi Nakazawa. It was fantastic. And they had my all-time favorite um, sake on the list, um, which is Kirinzan Junmai Ginjo. But um, Kirinzan has like a little brother. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit less refined, and I had never seen that bottle before. Mm. And we talked about it, and it was like, I know we like this. We've had three bottles of this in our house. I've never seen this one. Are you cool with doing something that's maybe a little cheaper, but also a little funkier that I haven't seen? So we got it, and it was it was amazing. When you've tasted, when like only twenty or thirty percent of the rice is left, you get there was so much more like boldness and, and flavor to it. Um, and we had been going glass for glass as we were going through it. And there was like just a little bit left mm-hmm. and there was a solo diner in between us and another couple. It was just five of us at the omakase bar and she didn't have a drink. She had finished her champagne. And so we, we sent it over thinking that we were just trying to be nice. Yeah. And, uh, the, the maitre d' who brought it around, um, walked up to her and said, uh, this is a gift from the gentleman at the end of the bar. Oh, <laughs> just ruined everything. I was like, not gen- like that, yeah. man. Not like, like that. Like we just looked like we were trying to pick up a third wheel. It was, oh, it was so bad. And she just like ate her sushi, hammered it, paid her bill, just bounced. Right. <laughs> like, look you in the eyes. Yeah, nothing. Like, like oh. she, she looked down and said, thank you. And then just walked out. And I was like, man, now I kind of want that sip of sake back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we were in... Uh, no good gesture goes unpunished. Right? No. <laughs> we're, we were in San Juan for our anniversary in July, and there was a young couple at this really nice restaurant we were at that was sort of sitting near us, and I heard them talking about their anniversary. It was their first anniversary, and we got them a drink, and then there was this awkward thing where then they bought us a drink, and then I was like, no, like I didn't buy you a drink to force you to buy two drinks you didn't want to buy. And then maybe they didn't even want to drink the two that we got them, but we did say, <laughs> ask them what, you know, I said, ask them what they want and put it on their bill. 
we're here for our second anniversary. I heard it's theirs. And then two drinks came over to us, and I was like, oh, no, are they gonna, they're probably like, fuck those guys. <laughs> well, that was the worst part is after she left, we started talking to the couple that was on the other side of her. Hmm. And um, they were a Japanese couple that uh, their parents didn't approve of them getting together, so they eloped to America, and it was their five-year anniversary. And so we were like, this was also our 10-year anniversary from our first trip. So we were just going back and forth, and we were all like, man, I – it would have been a lot cooler if they just put her on the end and moved them over because I would have rather shared a bottle with them and celebrated together than like have it just go wasted. But I promise this is this will be savored. I will not uh, shoot this and then walk out. <laughs> yeah, cheers, guys. Oh, man. Cheers. That's yeah, wonderful. I've, been, I've already been sipping on it. It's really delicious. Again, there's just uh, so much a world out there to explore with all sorts of beverages. And, um, yeah, I mean. It's so funny because I love this for the exact opposite reason that I love Kieran Zahn. Mm -hmm. Like, Kieran Zahn is so, it's so clean and pure that it. I, I always feel like I'm drinking, like, mountain water. Uh -huh. Like, it, even at room temperature, it has a weird, like, cooling effect on your palate. And there's these little itty bitty floral notes. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that is gorgeous. This has like a top layer of floral and then a mid le level of like melon. And then there's like sort mm -hmm. of like a nutty rich finish mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a residual sweetness. Yeah. yeah. And that is just spectacular. It's one of the unique things about sake that I love so much is that you can play with temperature in a way that like oh. name other stuff you can play with temperature with that um, for, in terms of libations. Like letting your toddy cool down, you know. There's just not a lot of, not a lot of things where you can try them warm. You can try them hot. You can try them cool. You can try them room temperature, mm -hmm. and all are acceptable forms. You know, you can't boil red wine. You can leave it in your truck <laughs> and drink it at the end of the day. Hashtag hot red wine. I got one particular friend who who will get that because he had a summer where he was drinking well, hot red wine like every so night. Weird. I don't understand. Um, and there's so many deep dives that you can take. You know, like yeah. uh, you know what little I know about the production of sake. You know, there's some similarities there in terms of how do you express flavor with yeast and koji and the base ingredient. You know, a lot of times I see some sake makers doing things to get better expression out of the yeast by actually sort of controlling the environment, which but stressing it out a little bit. Ester formation, um, yeah. prolonged fermentations. Um, and there's a lot of similarities to uh, some beer styles and this yes, and that. Sure. And it's just, you know, uh, you can dive into any specific product and like, you know, there's a new journey right there. I mean, flashback to one of the first questions you asked about, you know, exploring and finding out new things about a, a, a beverage or a beer, you know, really there's so many un and un unanswered stories or unknown stories to to yourself that are right in front of you. That's this is yeah, man. Thank you for sharing this. Honestly, this is wonderful. You know, and hey, you know, this was a gift to me. So you know, obviously, uh, you know, um, passing it on and sharing it with others is all about, frankly, uh, alcoholic beverages in general, right? Absolutely. That's the name of the game here at Libations for Everyone. 
So that's kind of sipping shots uh, and sharing thoughts. Sipping shots, sharing <laughs> thoughts. We're just we're we're merging minds over beverages. Uh, let's get real serious, Juno. This is serious. Okay. Everyone has a favorite pillow. Describe yours. Oh, you know, <laughs> soft as fuck. So, oh, you're that guy. You I'm know, glad you're that guy. Okay. Um, single, single soft pillow. Yeah, because usually, so you know, from my childhood and other things like. Um, you know, in Korea, like typically you roll up the mat and you sleep on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now it's a little bit different modern day stuff. So I kind of like the firm sort of mattress deal. Okay. And if I have a too firm of a pillow, it creates too much of lift on my head. I kind of just want to keep my head at a natural angle. <laughs> and yeah. so I want it soft. So it just conforms. And I don't have any. So you like, fall to a specific point that you yeah, you really appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I want it soft. I want to maneuver it. I don't want it to to get in the way. I just want my head to just meld right into it. Do you have a hard time finding pillows that you like, or is that a pretty easy kind of pillow to find? Or have you had one for a really <laughs> long time that is like your pillow? You know, uh, I should do a lot more self-care and buy myself a new pillow. Yeah. I've probably had the same pillow Dudes for uh, 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 probably longer than I should mention. So, nope. This uh, is like, <laughs> any, man, any man listening has an old-ass pillow. Yeah. Buy yeah. your pillow. But, Dudes, yeah. Dudes love old pillows. Um, yeah. <laughs> But definitely a soft pillow that I can just, you know, melt my head in. So I always feel like hotel pillows are too hard. Do you do you have trouble like I, falling asleep if you're I, in a hotel? I don't want my neck any different than where it should naturally align. I don't know. That's how I feel. Sure. Um, but to each their own. It's achievable, though. It's achievable. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I'm a firm pillow motherfucker. And I have a shitty neck, so I need to know exactly where my head is going to be. I like really flat, smashed down, super hard pillows. I don't know why you saying I'm a firm pillow motherfucker also sounded like you were really feeling a little bit about yourself. Like I feel like, yeah, dude, you know, like yeah, like you're nice and you're a little pliable, but you're still a firm pillow. pillow. That's right. I, so I like I like smash down hard pillows, yeah, yeah. which usually it takes time, you know, like a lot of it's a lot of matting down. I had one for probably 20 years when I met Marnie and then she had a pillow that was an old pillow on her bed when she lived on Adams here in Northeast Minneapolis. And it was also pretty hard. And I remember thinking, oh, I can sleep on this. Now we're talking like six years ago. So my neck wasn't as bad as it is now because that's the kind of thing that happens as you age. If you got a bad neck, guess what? It gets worse. <laughs> that goes Surprise. for everything on you, just so you know. So that pillow, I ended up adopting that pillow and then get rid- getting rid of my $20 brown pillow for a – or my my 20-year-old brown pillow for a, like, six-year-old yellow pillow. And I still have that pillow. And for, for a very long time recently, I was doing some research because I do like some hotel pillows. I like okay. the firm gels. Yeah, I was trying to find something like that. Tempur Pedic has like this thing that's got like a like lumps in it, yep. like a big one and a small one. And on the big side, it's like a very firm, uh-huh. hard pillow, but it's shallow. It's like very shallow, and it's got a hump, and I can put it under my head, and it goes under my neck, and it keeps me perfectly aligned, yeah. and my body doesn't move. Because even like that difference of a centimeter <laughs> yeah. with a soft yeah. pillow, where your head could end up, when I lay on a soft pillow, inevitably the next day my neck is yeah. fucked up. Uh, so I, I I brought my pillow with me to Madison this weekend because we drove 
I want to get the travel. There's a travel version of that Tempur-Pedic that I am think, I'm thinking of getting one and bringing it with me. I should buy a new pillow. And just the whole of having two sides that maybe you can flip it over. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like, you know, I sleep in a couple different positions, but... If I'm, you know, sleeping with my face up or if they sleeping with my face down, I kind of want the pillow to do different things. So I think I should invest in so a new you pillow. So are you back or belly? Is that? Um, well, so I, I am pretty much, uh, I sleep on my back now. I yeah. have some uh, uh, back issues. So if I sleep on my stomach, that doesn't do so well from my back. So when I do sleep on my stomach, though, I need the pillow to add a little bit of, support so um yeah i you know i think i'm gonna buy a new pillow uh uh, uh, this week (laughs) i have i have learned that from my wife and bless her heart for all the things she has taught me but yeah i uh i have a whole it's a whole thing at my house because here's i i have two things i have i have a cpap machine which is relatively new into my life so it's kind of changed how i sleep because i used to be I go to sleep on my back and I'd wake up on my stomach and I don't know when oh, okay. I would flip over, but that was usually how it would go. I can't sleep on my stomach anymore. You can't anymore, right? Okay. But I sleep on my side now. Yeah, you can I was gonna ask, so you can do it you can do your side. Absolutely. But do you have to do the side that's facing Nope. Oh, okay. And go either way. Uh and it you know, it took a little while to get used to it. So what I have I got like a whole system, right? So I have the um the climate cooling like gel pillow. That's the base. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like if I'm on my back, I'll just rock that, and then I'll pull the other pillows off and either throw them off. So the is it a soft gel inside. pillow? Yep. Okay. So Damn. I love Charles that. and I are using these old ass pillows yeah. from like 20 years yeah. ago. Well, and again, this <laughs> is only old is this gel pillow <laughs> like two years. Oh, this man. is this is my yeah. wife's influence 100. percent We have cellar age pillows. She, she <laughs> yeah she cycles through hers. She's got crispy boys all the time. <laughs> hold on, so, hold, hold on, give me some here. Cellar, cellar age pillows, pillows. Okay, go on. So got that one, and then I have a super soft one mm-hmm. that you would probably love. That uh, again, I am very broad shouldered and I have a giant fucking head, so it weighs down on like like no small pillow can deal with it. But if I if I roll on my side, that's enough to give me like the the extra boost under the neck and around the top of the head. So it kind of cradles it. Because if mm. I'm on my side, then my neck isn't bent at all. It's com- like my spine is completely straight. Okay. When I sleep on my side, that's what I'm always going for. Mm-hmm. I want my neck to be completely straight. Doesn't work all the time, but best you can. <laughs> and then there's then there's one extra pillow that I bought because I thought. I wanted to sleep on something. It's like halfway between hard and soft Mm -hmm. and it just ends up not quite being right. But it's great for like, if I'm reading in bed or if I'm doing computer stuff in Mm -hmm. bed, I'll just throw that behind the whole thing. And then sometimes I am not afraid to admit I do like throwing an arm around a pillow. Yeah. If oh, I yeah, got there's nothing no. wrong with that. It's I perfect. have a pillow. I have a pillow on one side, and Marnie on the other side. If yeah. she doesn't want to cuddle, <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. I turn around and I'm cuddling because <laughs> exactly. I'm a cuddle slut. So if she's just like get off me, it's hot. Then I turn around and then I got that anime pillow. Well, <laughs> and that was that was where it started. Sometimes you don't want somebody to breathe on you. Yeah. So you know. Well, and then our dog, our dog kind of broke that up. Like sometimes Millie wants to sleep in between us. So then it's like, all right, like. I love her to death, but like especially if she's paused toward me, like there's nothing mm-hmm. to cuddle onto. So I'll roll that way. But that's it's it's I, I will cycle through them depending on which way I'm sleeping. But the end lesson is go buy a new fucking pillow <laughs> and buy one that like think about how you sleep for two nights and then go and shop for it. 
and then look for one because now where do you, you go want, shop for pillows? What store? What store do people shop for pillows at? So for my uh, my gel I've one, never had any success. I'm gonna punch in the pillow and <laughs> walk away. For the, the giant gel one, uh, yeah, I actually okay. I bought that at Target. Uh, oh really? They had like yeah. a whole explanation for them, and it wasn't cheap. Every time I've shopped at Target, they have the world's shittiest pillows. Well, yeah, Basically, the sign says world's shittiest pillows. Ninety percent of them the are, aisle? and then there's a couple like really nice ones. Okay. Uh, 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 bed boy was it? Bed Bath and Beyond. Uh, bed they, boy. BB and B. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Whatever that that store is, where it's like okay. a ton of shit bed that you would see in a catalog. My anime pillows. <laughs> but they um, they also have some nice ones. That's where I got the new one that okay. I still don't quite know. That I've never. Sense. I don't really sleep on it, but it's just uh-huh. one to have around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's that to me. If you're gonna sleep sleep on your side, make sure you have something that keeps your spine straight. If you're gonna sleep on your back, I agree with you. I try to be as flat as I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where if you're in your 20s who cares man hang yeah. from your feet yeah. we're not <laughs> talking to you just have a couple sweatshirts rolled up and put that under your neck you'll yeah. be fine fall asleep yeah. in usually scorpion I'm in the position, position. Yeah. yeah you can fall asleep in scorpion position let's face it if you're in your 20s coffee table face down if you're yeah. in your 20s you're sleeping on your couch right now because you're falling asleep watching YouTube or TikTok or whatever anyway <laughs> I, uh, I'll say this I always have a couch in my home in the living room that I don't mind nodding off no, on of course not like that it won't fuck my body yep. up and i'll say that historically that's been ikea couches because they have nice firm cushions uh they're not super well constructed my cat is like lol you got another ikea couch <laughs> and just fucking destroys it <laughs> but if i nod off watching you know after the 90 days or another great brilliant piece of, of bio, <laughs> biopic film uh, like that then <laughs> yeah i i feel pretty good when i get yeah. up and then uh, ever myself. have the thing where you sleep on a leather couch and then you just wake up in a sweat oh yeah, yeah. for sure oh my god <laughs> horrible horrible I, I yeah that's it's a thing like i finally mm-hmm. um jenny knows i i don't care about what style the couch is she could pick whatever color whatever fabric as long as it's long enough for me to lay all the way out on I'm I'm in. We're Got good. It. Yeah. And uh, our our couch that we have right now is leather. And I finally, after a few times doing that, mm-hmm. I just finally like I grabbed a shitty when you old to yourself yeah. off of it. <laughs> you look like your leg looks like a fruit roll up peeled right off the wrapper. <laughs> I, uh, Temperature control and blankets can help yeah. with that. Well, that's what I. That, so that's all I did. I just I threw like a shitty old comforter hey. down. And if I'm like yeah. watching something late at night, I literally will just throw that out. So that if I fall asleep, no big deal. You know what I thought? Tempur-Pedic couches. There well, it is. Why aren't there, there any of those? You know. <laughs> so we're starting a new business. I don't think I would get anything oh, done. Yeah, we are starting a new business. <laughs> Tempur-Pedic leather couches. <laughs> Libations and couches for everyone. <laughs> well, no, no one's going to be able to afford that fucking thing. So that is not for everyone. It is for no one. It's for literally no one. No, you could just do a small twenty-seven thousand times payment of nineteen ninety-nine. You know, it's got oh, yeah, that cooling nice. technology, so you just you know prevents the the hot leather the flop sweat. Yeah. yeah, okay. So when you have to pay the bill, you won't have any flop sweat because you'll be nice and cool. Under right. leather couch. This is this is embarrassing, but uh, at a friend's house, we haven't I, said anything embarrassing till now. So I'm glad you I, specified. I, I I have I have rarely had device envy, but I slept over at a friend's house a Ooh, couple years ago. Device envy, and they have they make a little like it looks like a, a, a lowercase r, and it's a little thin fan mm. that just pokes at the very end of your bed under your covers and oh. it just blows cool air 
I have never slept so good in my life. And I look at this fucking thing is like $300. <laughs> I look at it on a regular basis and just think, is today the day that I'm going to buy my own personal bed fan? <laughs> wow. And it might happen. Do you think some people get that and then they return it the next day because they think like a ghost is blowing on their toes? Probably. <laughs> but I'm in for it. So here's an eternal question. <laughs> Suck them uh, up, Casper. <laughs> do you have your feet outside the blanket or yes. under the blanket? Always outside the blanket. Okay. Okay. Uh, I am either under a blanket completely or not under a blanket at all. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's very decisive, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, in the summer, in the um, summer, I'm never under the sheets. Yeah. Yeah. In the winter, I'm all the way under. I feel weird when stuff's out. If I'm under, I want to be ensconced. I want to be like mm. up yep. in I, there. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like if I got the blanket over me, I want to be encased in the blanket. Mm. No, I'm like a I'm like a little tempura but... sushi roll. I got I got my head and my feet sticking out at the yeah. end. That's I, I love that. I I think honestly, I think for me, I I've tried to figure out why I like this because I don't like having cold feet. I don't like being barefoot. I don't walk around barefoot really ever. I think it's because I got so used to not fitting into anything like any bed when I was growing, like my sleeping bags when I was a kid, I would have to unzip them and I would just like fold it over me like a mm. taco because I was always too tall and I wanted the, the covers to come up to my shoulders. Mm. So my feet were always exposed and I just got used to sleeping like that. Like, I don't, I, I'm never like under the covers with the covers over my feet being like, my feet are too hot. <laughs> but every time I'm going to sleep, I will catch myself, like tug the covers up mm-hmm. and then I roll over and I'm out. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I hate is the, uh, the talk over the end of the bed. Oh, get out. Even I'm t- you're definitely too tall for oh that, but God. I'm too tall for that. I hate nothing more than like having to do like the ballet toe. Yeah. Like, why am I doing this? Nothing about I, my sleep says plie. Like, we're, we're yeah. like, and then I, uh, and then I kind of do like the, the little kid tantrum and like push it out. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> real talk. I have never once to use my hands to just pull the covers no up at the bottom. No, nope. I get in and then, yeah, I, I kick you like I, like legs. I didn't get McDonald's on the way home right. because I wasn't nice enough at church. You know, no one's watching, but you wish someone would like, <laughs> I don't know who did this to me, but. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, okay, what are, we sh- what are we doing next here? What are we, sh- what are we shooting next? Uh, I do have a top secret bottle that probably isn't a secret to anyone who listens to this dun, program. Dun, dun, we can either do that or we can do whatever dun, 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 Juno dun, has dun. on the table. Uh, you know, I mean, top secret bottle, uh, that right. sounds great. I, I, You know, we can do both, right? It's a well, yeah. We got two shots left. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, sure. Time for two more. <laughs> Everybody knows what's in this bag. Well, maybe we'll save the best for last. Herb, so, herb, herb buddy. Uh, this might not be the best for okay, you. Okay, then, then. Well, hold on. Let's bust it out. We can. We can it's decide. It's not top it secret, like high quality. It's top secret, like it's something that we love that we like to drink uh-huh. all the so time. So I think we should let. Enjoys. I think we should let Juno choose. Juno, you choose surprise <laughs> bottle or your bottle. <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment, so let's get to the surprise bottle. You know what it is, Clown. Oh, you know it, baby. Call it out. Malort! We got oh, Malort, Shout out to my buddy, John Carroll, who loves Malort. Sponsored. <laughs> yeah, we got to be, we got to get, this is one of the sponsorships we got. I need, to get. yeah, we got to get oh, Jepsons. I texted Quam oh. when I found this bottle because the, I had a bottle on the shelf that I didn't realize that I drunkenly, because I like to drink Malort late in the night of drinking. I just really love it on a rock. It is the, the best time to drink Malort. It's a, uh, recently I discovered, I don't know how this occurred to me, but Malort tastes like super bitter dill aquavit. <laughs> that occurred to me, especially <laughs> yeah. when you put a Cuban it's, in it. That sounds up. much better. Here's, like That's how you sell things. Malort. 
Malort. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> hey, I'm a marketing guy, but so understand. let's sell some Malort. <laughs> understand, that's all of the same spices are going into that. Same. It's just literally how much sugar do you put in and, and how much do you cook it down. Like, that's it's all of those same flavor things. Like, yeah. Akavit and Malort are are cousins. They're so they from, have a lot of synonymous ingredients. Yeah, they're from the same area, and my people did a lot of cool things, but having access to ingredients was not one of them. Well, I'm having lots of flashbacks to times in Chicago. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the reasons this is like such a reviled and, and like made fun of and, and amused with product is because it didn't derive from Italy because Italians have a lot of bitter liqueurs mm -hmm. of which I love many of them, mm -hmm. but this came from a part of the world that probably doesn't have a lot of bitter nope. products like this, right? There's, mm -hmm. So it's just it stands that. out. It stands out like a bitter thumb. It's it's malort, which means bitter in Swedish. It's malort. Oh, really? Yeah. It's malort, and I it's learn something new every day. Yeah, that's uh, that's why when Leatherby got sued by Jepsons, they just changed the name to bitter because that's just the English translation. Ah, so Akavit is just a it's a lower octane, more celebratory version of this, but it's a. You only had so many things that you flavorings that you could put in there because everything had to be dried, mm -hmm. and pretty much everything was like, you know, like like spice dried, like barks that you could bring because there weren't a whole lot of other things. And then in the spring, you could har you could wild forage some stuff, but that's it. So you have a lot of the same flavor palette going across all that, which also then translates to a lot of the desserts. There's a lot of yeah. uh, cinnamon and clove uh, and nutmeg because those were the only things that that you could have in the pantries there. Uh, this brings up Malort and, you know, brings up a thing about acquired tastes, right? You know, like, uh, it's, you know, maybe like the same, I mean, a different thing, but like when you drink highly carbonated beverages, like you want that burn on your, uh, your palate, mm -hmm. like on your throat and all that stuff. And like, um, you know, sometimes what things that are harsh are actually like, Great and take time to develop, you know, I or don't they're know, enjoyable or to you because of your upbringing. I'm exactly. Lebanese. We eat a lot of bitter things, mm -hmm. so I've always had an affinity for bitter things. And it goes back to I think I've talked about this before in the podcast, but um, Johnny Michaels, kind of one of the the godfathers of the cocktail scene in the Twin Cities. Him and I were talking one night, and he's like, "If you drink something that's too sweet, you will actually puke it up. If you drink something that's too salty, you could puke it up. If you have something that's too spicy, you can actually get an ulcer." If you have something that's too bitter, it's just up to your palate. Mm -hmm. That is that mm -hmm. is an, an ad infinitum. Like you can mm. keep going to the most bitter thing, and it will never it, your your body will never reject it as long as your palate accepts it. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that that was kind of what started me on the journey because at that point, I had just I think tried Fernet for the first time, and was kind of like, I love this. This is fascinating. It's like if somebody made Jägermeister, but good. And then I just kind of kept going. And now the more medicinal, the more crazy, the more like, <laughs> k -k -k -k, the more excited I am. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, bitter is the, that's the um, disregarded flavor in mm. sweet, salty, uh, uh, bitter, umami, sour. Mm. And that 
you know, the original the red, five. The redheaded stepchild of mm-hmm. the... It's the one, yeah, it's the one that's <laughs> always been like, well, just take it easy, take it easy. Mm-hmm. But like something that is sweet and bitter, like bitter helps offset sweet and vice versa. Uh, and even like characteristics like creamy, like dairy, like creaminess can offset bitterness and they can mm-hmm. work harmoniously with one another. People are really afraid of bitterness. I would say like in this country, a lot of countries, but I, I reside in this country. Mm-hmm. People are afraid of bitterness in this country. We're so far down the highway of sugar and salts <laughs> that trying to figure out how to get us back mm. to bitter is frightening. Even looking right. at what we call sour is like, come on. Dude, go to the farmer's market and walk up to a sand with bitter melon and even look at it for three seconds. And the proprietor will be like, I don't know if you want that. <laughs> to the bitter things in life. Cheers. Yeah, May buddy. they always exist. I like that. Guam, did you just come up with that? Nope. Well, what the fuck, man? I'm not as impressed anymore. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, oh, okay. I think, sorry. My brain was like, did you, do you say that a lot? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> We've been drinking. It's <laughs> fine. floating in the bed. Everybody shut up. <laughs> You've been drinking all huh? this time? What? <laughs> all right. Question number five. All right. Question number five. The holidays are fast approaching. We have to admit that it's just coming. All the stores have just changed all their shit. So here we go. What is the number one thing, Juno, that you are excited to cook and or excited to eat? You could oh. say both. You could say one or the other. Uh, you know, I mean, immediately I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Um, and really, you know, the main reason is uh, I go home to visit my family. Um, and the majority of my family lives in Wisconsin. Um, and my brother and I, we have been cooking our Thanksgiving dinner for our family and, and friends for maybe the last 10 years or so. Um, you know, uh, and obviously we took that over from my mom, but, um, um, yeah. So like, I am looking forward to Thanksgiving because that is the meal 100% that my brother and I do for our family so awesome um yeah i'm looking to uh roasting a lot of veg and doing the turkey and you know for me being a a korean american you know we have all of our traditional turkey stuffing uh squash all that stuff but we've always got some rice we've always got some kimchi um and you know just gathering around a table like i won't complain that about that at all do you with the rice and kimchi do you like with leftovers do you like pull a plate that would be like a more traditional korean plate I'm asking because so, I make sort of a Norwegian version yeah. of Thanksgiving. Well, so, so here's here's mm-hmm. the thing is the novelty to us and my family is American food. Yeah. We grew, grew up eating Korean food, you know, almost every day. Sure. So, uh, uh, so when I, you know, when I go visit my family uh, in a couple weeks here, um, I will be grabbing some of the stuff, the turkey, the ham, some of that stuff to bring back home. Uh, because to me, that's a little bit of the novelty. The kimchi yeah. and all the, the Korean food, that's every day to sure. me. So, right. um, But yeah, I am still looking forward to getting together with my brother. And uh, I'm his sous chef, so uh, okay. he's going <laughs> to tell me what to do, and I will do it. And 
you know? So does he conceptualize fun. the menu, or do you help <laughs> him do that as well? Um, no, it's a, a very one-way relationship. Oh, it's a one-way road. <laughs> you know, okay. like most uh, kitchens where he tells me what to do, and I do it. Okay. So, I, can I rephrase my question? I guess I was going to say, is there something that with the, the leftovers of a traditional like American Thanksgiving spread, mm-hmm. is there a dish, like a Korean dish, that you enjoy making with the leftovers from that? Mm. Uh, well, you know, uh, we were talking about Charles and the, the kimchi that I, that I gave him. And, you know, I was saying, hey, man, you know, that stuff's kind of old, right? <laughs> um, and... <laughs> You know, like most things, go, baby. <laughs> like most thing, like most things, there's a lifespan. You know, things are fleeting, right? Yeah. And um, but we don't want to waste them. So in most Korean households, when we have kimchi that starts to change over from the more bouncy cabbage crisp thing to more sour, and mm. uh, the cabbage starts to break down. Yes. You know, we make certain dishes so we usually then oh so you use to, that for like yeah specific so dishes. because um you know that's just the life cycle of what the kimchi that we're eating so towards the end as it gets to a little bit more sour we know hey we're gonna make this stew called kimchi jjigae right mm. and so um that's that's which i, I fucking love <laughs> i guess i never put two and two together yeah yeah the more aged kimchi yeah um, and, you know, and I'm sure there's plenty of other culture that's all around where, you know, certain things have a life cycle and then you make other dishes out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. know, um, yeah, I don't know. Awesome. No, that, that makes sense. I, the reason that I asked, um, well, first I should let Charles answer. That was the kimchi I used on my in the Andy Borderman episode when I brought yeah. up the pizza fail. Yeah, yeah. That's the kimchi I used on when the pizzas didn't turn Damn out that well. It. So I was really mad at myself that I used some of Gino's kimchi <laughs> for some other people, and then I didn't even do a great job. So I was like, shit. I was about to peel it off and put it back in the jar. Well, you're definitely going to get another batch soon. <laughs> oh, my so. God. I'm not pandering, believe me, but I will take any opportunity. To I'll just straight up pay money. Some of that kimchi. Um yeah, so I uh, I also cook some holiday dinners for my family. My two big ones are Thanksgiving. I've been doing Thanksgiving. I for would love to be a family member my, because my, I've seen the food you put out, Charles. <laughs> I would love to be included in your family to enjoy your food. Yeah, I'm, and I'm that I'm that guy where like, hey man, you need somewhere to go? Come on over. Uh, I Thanksgiving some years is like hyper traditional, and some years I want to. I've had years where I'm like very conceptual, or where I want to do like dishes that are pre-colonialism or you know what i mean where i'm like who cares what white people ate in the 70s and 80s i don't know that that's really representative of any of the values we're trying to uphold with this but i also have a family that really wants the turkey's gravy the turkey gravy corn situation but i try to do that in like a semi-elevated way or like at least like a not like a not not conceptual or elevated most times it's more just like really well done so that's what i end up doing most years the meal though that i get to uh, show my creativity with a little more is i do like a version of the feast of seven fishes Mm -hmm. so for christmas eve i always prepare a giant italian meal it's not the feast of seven fishes because it's not all seafood but there's often seafood involved i like to make scratch pasta and all sorts of other things so for the first, because I've been doing that also for probably 15 years, 
uh, for the first probably 10 years, I made uh, arancini from scratch every year. Well, last year, there was no holiday cooking, um, obviously, because of reasons that are evident to all of us. And just this several years prior, I was making other things, but I, I wasn't making the arancini. And I'm like, why has it been so long since I did the arancini? So the night prior, I make a giant batch of fresh fresh risotto. And you can preserve some of it so you can serve actual risotto as well. But then when you cool it in the fridge and it gets like nice and hard, you can roll it out, shove a piece of cheese in the middle, do the egg wash and the breadcrumb and fry those little bad boys and serve them with marinara. That's about the most satisfying comfort food there is on planet Earth. Arangini is fucking magical. It's a comical amount of work, and it's actually uh, somewhat criminal to make this big, beautiful batch of risotto, which is something that takes a lot of care and concern, and then say, now nah, I'm going to chill it and make it into something else, where you have this dish that traditionally would be like leftovers. But to do that with intention, it it does pay off at the end it's so good Tell but that, that's the one that's the dish that i'm really really looking forward to and this the coming like holiday season preparing uh for for a loved ones i think i've only made arancini for marnie one time oh. in the seven years we've been together and it was probably the first uh first christmas eve dinner that she came to um at my mom's house that was uh uh shout out again back to the dinner that we just had at bungalow club Mm. That was a, a secret star was the uh, add-on of the arancini. Same thing. It was, uh, I believe, fontina cheese in the middle. Yeah, they make the adorable little yeah, guys, too. The cutest little I make them. I make them bigger than that. But, yeah, no, they make the arancini. Yeah, it's arancini is Italian for little orange. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's the littler little orange. Yep. Yeah. And, man, I remember a time where you couldn't get arancini at any restaurant. And that's when I started making that that dish. It was because you could not order it in a restaurant because it's fucking fussy. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see it popping up on, on menus all over the place. Now, not popping fucking up, love it. existing on menus like the Bungle Club. It, those are great. And it's great to pop them in your mouth and almost burn yourself. <laughs> that's, there's you never, kind of want that. I kind of want that with most of the food that I love. <laughs> that, you know, I, I, I. Which also, <laughs> I love the fact that like that goes across cultures. Like for some yeah. reason, everybody... Uh, everybody like inhales when mm. when it's when, when is it when it's too hot and then you or no you blow out when it's too hot and you inhale when it's too cold. Like, uh, <laughs> I just think it's yeah. so funny that people just freak out. It's all the same. Like no matter where you are, you put something in your mouth that's too hot and that doesn't do anything. Right. Like if you really wanted to, you could just spit it back into your hand and then <laughs> eat it again. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if anybody else <laughs> noticed, but have you ever been to a Korean restaurant and? The only way that they're going to serve you a soup or stew is it's going to be physically boiling oh, yeah. when yeah. it arrives yeah, yeah. to your table. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I've developed an iron tongue for her, you know. I know to just take my glasses <laughs> off if I'm wearing them because yeah. it's just going to fog. I mean, sometimes you proudly will burn yourself on food. Yeah. That's, in a sense, it's a thing, it's a sign of satisfaction that you can't show to anyone. You could say it, but, you know, you. It's it's sometimes weird too. Like I burned my tongue. This was so good. But if you, <laughs> it's but a it weird thing. So you know, it's like uh, I can only you know. Some the first thing that comes to mind is like when you get uh, a sizzling platter of something, mm. whether it might be fajitas or something else. Like it's the full experience of hearing Absolutely. that. Yep. You know, when you are brought out a Korean stew, you're like, I mean. 
did they just pull it right off the stove? It's still yeah, boiling it's right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, well, I'll be able to eat this either in an hour or I'm going to burn myself in front of a live television audience. Now that the stew is here, I'll order something else. Once that arrives, I'll eat that. And then when that's done, this might be palatable. Yeah. I always give a disclaimer. I'm like, don't do what I do. I'm just going to go in. You gotta, this has uh, been developed yeah. after I'm, years. I'm the same way. I can't. Out, might not but... be for you. Like, hold on. Do you drink McDonald's coffee? <laughs> okay, you're good. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh shit dive in baby well b- bringing it back juno to to what you were talking about like yeah. i am very excited so um i love the whole thanksgiving spread and i love uh my mother-in-law cooks i made the turkey one year and my father-in-law made the mistake of saying it was the best turkey he'd ever had so i'm no longer allowed to cook the turkey so uh i am relegated to some side dishes and i'm excited okay. about that but Christmas, my mother just hit me up yesterday and asked if we could do a traditional Scandinavian Christmas. And so, cool. Tell I'm, me what that is. Well, yeah. so we're going to do Swedish meatballs. Uh, we're going to do mashed potatoes. Think brown, beige, and cream. Mm. That's mm. everything. <laughs> Usually, yeah, that's not exciting. But no, when, it's, I, when it's I hear not, of not, that, yeah. So I'm I'm yeah. going to try and and figure out how we can riff this. Uh, so. Wait, so that's traditional, like what you just described? Is there anything Everything on the plate is brown, beige, or cream. So are are there any dishes that are specific to the holidays that are a little more... Nope. Colorful? No. No, unique, like something you would only (laughs) serve at the holidays. So we're going, like, so, I mean, Swedish meatballs traditionally are for, like, holiday... Really? Because you're making them by hand, you're rolling them all, you're pan frying them. Like, to actually make them Mm -hmm. the way that they're supposed to be, it it requires a lot of effort. So my mom is going to do that. So every day is a holiday at Ikea. Boom. (laughs) Mom's going to do that. Uh, I'm going to do, for the first time for my family, I'm going to make ribe, which is, um, like, traditional Scandinavian roast pork belly. And it's very, oh, it's fascinating now because I, like, I've had ribe many times, but it was when I was younger and it was before I had kind of gotten on my culinary adventure. And the fascinating part about it is it's almost identical to the way that, like, um, you would find, like, a char siu pork belly. Mm -hmm. The difference is what you're cooking it in. But it's it's scored fat across the top. It's slow roasted, so yeah, a lot of the fat right renders out. Oh. It's fantastic, and I'm so excited to cook that. Not only because I get to make pork belly for my family, who normally would never touch oh, yeah. it because it's too weird and skin on pork belly. <laughs> that's no joke. Yeah, and the best part is that I know when that's done, then I can take all of that away and I can make whatever the fuck I want with that. And so that, mm. that's when I can go home and riff with, like, all the sauces that I have. And, I, like, I am so excited to do some sort of uh, kimchi ramen with this pork belly in there, fish cakes. Like, that's all going to be a thing. Okay. And then going can back to Can you call the, one of the dishes you make with the leftovers of Ribba McIntyre? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, here's what I'll do. Here's, here's what I'll do. Here's, here's what I'll do. <laughs> Just for me, please. <laughs> all right. I will do... <laughs> I will do. Use an auto seed, make it red. I will right? do. No, no, no. I will do. I will. I will do an oven baked macaroni and cheese, okay. and I will slice up the pork belly and mix it uh, in. Ooh. And then we'll do a little panko crust across the top. That'll be 
<laughs> Ribba McIntyre. Because <laughs> it's the whole fucking thing. Dude, it's happening. Uh, and then, again, going back to what I'm excited to eat that I am not cooking is, uh, I think I've talked about it here before, the, re- the Norwegian burrito. Mm. I bring Lefsa from mm. Ingebretsen's mm. because it is not worth making on your own. <laughs> I don't care what your grandma said. Fuck it. Just go to Ingebretsen's, buy fresh Lefsa, and then bring it, and then take all of your Thanksgiving leftovers. Every Have you discovered this thing. with most bread stuffs? To, like it's not worth doing yourself? Yeah. Remember when you came Ooh. to Korean night? Yeah. You guys were supposed to make... Uh, supposed to make uh, what was that? Some, you were going to make a fucking... You know, during the pandemic, my adventures with sourdough, all right, but I would still rather yeah. buy what somebody that well, is... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and it just didn't yeah. work out. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just... It's like there are just... Time, like I have a couple like no-need breads that I'll do if we need fresh bread. But yeah, yeah it's, it's exhausting. And then the fact that you have to get something like so paper thin that it's translucent... I, oh, I just, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I spent six and a half hours, and I made enough for like our family at Thanksgiving. And I'm like, nope. All right, that was that's yeah. enough. Well, you know, you need to set yourself up for either success. Mm-hmm. You don't want to set yourself up for failure at a Thanksgiving dinner or any family dinner, right? <laughs> so, you know, you pick and choose your battles yep. with what you're going to make. You, yeah, and how brave you, you let are the professionals any... do yeah. their thing. So you yeah. go to the place that's been around for a hundred years. They're literally having their hundred year anniversary yeah. right now. You go there. They make it for you. You bring it home. You fold Something's out. has been working for them. You fold out this years. giant, like twelve or fourteen inch round circle. Mm-hmm. You fill it with all of your Thanksgiving stuff, and then you just roll it up and you eat it like a burrito, and it's delicious. Oh, um, I don't even need a plate, and I just pick it yeah, up. I mean, that's come the best on. part. Yeah, I can walk around having my leftovers, <laughs> and I don't have to sit down like standing around, maybe walking it off a little bit because I might fall asleep. Yeah, the left is just the that's the holder. It's the binder. That's the holder. I mean, it's a it's a potato tortilla. It doesn't get much more yeah. like perfect for Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, cheers it up. What do we got? What do we? So you know, uh, we've got some whiskey called Etiquette from Jay Carver. Um, ah. There's a lot of people doing some good spirits in Minnesota, um, but I think Jay Carver's doing some good stuff. Yeah. So uh, again, this was a bottle that was gifted to me uh, on my birthday earlier this year, and so um, yeah, you know, like most spirits, I'm. Going to spread the love and share it. So right. here we go. Fuck it, hey guys. Ruba McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> to Ruba McIntyre. <laughs> if only I could make that the title, but it wouldn't make any sense. Mm-mm. If you Ooh. read it, you'd be like, no, the fuck nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Lots of oak, <laughs> lots of oak there. Oh, you yeah. Know. Um, it's been really interesting to see the Minnesota distilling scene. Ooh, and, it's powerful, too. Um, and just what people are doing. Well, it's finally been around long enough that we can have things like coming of age at a sure. normal, normal year, too. Yeah. Um, can I see that bottle for a second? Yeah, for sure. You know, we've got new entrants. Like, I don't know if you guys have been to O'Shaughnessy at all. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think right now some of the stuff it's is... It's a single malt. Awesome. Um, you know, we're still waiting to them to, uh, you know bring out what they have to mm-hmm. production, right? You know, that's the thing. Reality check for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, 
you sometimes need to age spirits before uh-huh. her, uh, you bring them out to the market. So that, um, I will say that that distillery, those those copper pots and the column the for, stills, the four size stills. Oh my god! I, yeah. I honestly like I don't know that I've seen anything that was quite as awe inspiring, and the fact that they had to get a separate permit from the city to have column stills that tall, <laughs> in addition to those three giant copper pot stills, it's just wild to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, can I this, see that? Can I see that bottle? See? Yeah. Where did, where did it end up? Um, you know, and, and we were talking about earlier about you know finding new things, spirits, uh, how they're yeah. made. Hundred twenty four. Um, I knew it was strong. Yeah, yeah, it's quite strong. Yep. Uh, it doesn't taste quite that strong. No, I was gonna no. guess like one oh six. Yeah. But uh, again, it's just you know it's interesting to see and get people's point of views and how they make spirits, what their point of view is, you know, uh, whether I like it or not, I am more than happy to try. I am right there with you. I'm along for the ride. Yep. I am here. Half the time, I just want to try different stuff. I don't need it to be the best thing in any category ever. I want to know what are you doing? How are you getting there? And then let me try it where we're Mm -hmm. at and let's see Mm -hmm. where it goes. Uh, That said, you do have an empty glass and sadly we do have two empty cans. We have a little bit in there. Do you? Do we want to? There is a there is a bottle in the fridge, or there is a, there. Are, I believe two crawlers left in the fridge. Did we polish off the sake? We oh, you could no. do that as well. That might be a while. We could do that. Oh yeah, or, or no? <laughs> I was going to see like, is there something that you wanted to to pour into the the plastic? Cup? Oh well, uh, you know, uh, sure. Why not? I mean, yeah. Uh, I brought beer to share, and if we've got room for another, might as well. Yeah, Kwame, um, you want to grab the the Westie? I can do that. Yeah, feel welcome to do so. Uh, I didn't want to call I'm... it out unless we were actually. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, right? You know, like uh, I've been trying to clear out my cellar. Frankly, we were uh, about this there's no better time <laughs> to enjoy something than right now. Um, Very true, and. Uh, uh, if anything I've learned and taken away from this whole last year is to enjoy the present moment. Um, Very right? true. Right? Yes. Um, because, you know, why do the things that we do unless we can take time to enjoy things? And um, Absolutely. I've literally cleared out most of my cellar. Um, and, and frankly, you know, not only to enjoy stuff, but... My cellar was dying, basically, right? Because mainly it was a lot of beer. So, um, you know, uh, everything like Gimchi, like we talked about, has a lifespan, and you know, um, I might as we might as well enjoy the things that we can. So, uh, it's a little bit cold now, but uh, yeah, it was <laughs> in there all this while, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I brought a bottle of uh, Westie 12. Um, I talked a little bit about my travels to Belgium. And, um, you know, again, here's a point of view of somebody doing something. Uh, and it's not the beer I'm going to produce at, at my brewery, but I'm glad as hell that somebody else yes. is making this, right? So, uh, the OG white whale. Yeah. And, and hey, shout out to, uh, Halvo 
and and Matt, like <laughs> yeah. I love those guys. So wow, two shout if you're listening, if you're listening, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they great guys. <laughs> we'll have to let Jesus yeah. know we brought them up twice. Um, yeah. Well, in terms of exploration, in terms of uh, our own personal journeys with beer or any beverage, uh, Jeff was there. He was also leading a charge in terms yeah. of. Uh, wild beer, sour beer, uh, yep. in really used to run an event here in the Twin yeah. Cities called Where the Wild Beers Are. First fantastic kind. event, uh, uh, wild and sour ale bottle share on a large scale. Incredible event. I wish it could yeah. still take place. It's such a it, quintessentially, it was other people sharing what they had gathered and appreciated with everybody else. Yeah, such a cool. That's and it, again to refer back to our earlier conversation regarding beer that's something that um it doesn't have the viability that it once did but when it did man i used to get so excited to be there and they call out particular bottles you know head over to this table for a a canyon or something or other a classic or what have you that was those were those were incredible times to be able to experience all these this plethora of incredible wild ales that you would otherwise never have an opportunity to try. At least you wouldn't be able to try all of them. That that event used to be so yeah. much fun. And, and that was so much fun because, you know, there were stories that came along with those bottles, right? You know, people traveled and picked them up. Uh, and, you know, it was really a chance to try stuff that wasn't distributed in the state, which... Yeah. You know, reality check here, you know, there's a lot of things you can't buy in your local store that are out there. Um, so a lot of eye-opening moments with where the wild beers are uh, with those guys and Jeff. Yeah. Uh, fun times for sure. Absolutely. Can I ask a, a semi-digression off that? Sure. You said something, <laughs> you said something that actually kind of uh, percolated a question in my head. I, when I'm, when I'm, looking for recipes and I'm trying to find new things to cook, I find myself like irritatedly like scrolling through like the, you know, thousand words of prose before you can get down to, to mm-hmm. a recipe in somebody's mm-hmm. blog. But I've kind of started feeling guilty about doing that because when you were talking about every bottle has a story behind how it got you there and, and what it took to get it. I think that a lot of that ends up making like in my life, the things that I treasure the most and that I love sharing the most are the things that have that sort of connotation and that story to it. And I feel like we, we cheapen the whole thing by like, be like, Oh my God, you got to scroll, scroll, scroll until you get to this fucking recipe. Well, (laughs) do you, have you thought about why you want the recipe? Have you thought about why somebody else might love that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying this is like a new thing. Nobody, so this is not a... loves that. Do people love that? Does anyone read the 73-page No story? one does. And I'm saying, like, I'm trying to start. And if it's... Oh, man. I'm trying. Uh, and I, if it's, I admire and pity you at the same time. <laughs> I feel like it's probably going to be the same pursuit that I have with, mm-hmm. with trying to find new music. <laughs> okay. Where I'm going to have to shift through, like, fucking 90% of terrible shit. Okay. To get will to like you, will you bail if it's bad writing? Will yeah. You just oh, yeah. Be like, no. Yeah. Okay. So you have you have two paragraphs. <laughs> and if, it's mainly bad writing. So yeah. You yeah. Just keep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you might how, discover some incredible authors. But well, oh, all right. I, I've found I've found a couple different blogs that I've now started following because it's somebody who's trying to say 
I'm sure that this is a predominantly American audience that's looking for these recipes. I want to explain why this means something to my family. And that's the shit where I'm like, hold up. How many of these have I missed? Because I just went scroll, scroll, scroll. Like, I do love trying to find different flavors and different things from all over the world. Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to find that new thing to give me that feeling of like, I found something new, like we were talking about earlier. That said, I feel like I'm probably... I'm probably throwing out a lot of the good stuff while it's floating in a giant pool of the bad stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. And so that's my that's one of my promises that I've made to myself this year is I'm just gonna try and okay. just again, you have two paragraphs. Yeah. You know what you're doing? Yeah. Well, you're 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 evaluating prospects at the double A level. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I am. like, let me know when this motherfucker gets to yep. the New York well, Times. Yes, I'll read it yeah. down. <laughs> and there's a difference between something that's new and something you don't know. Correct. Right? And so you know, I'd rather focus more on something I don't know. Granted, though, if it's new and it's whatever, like, I'm along for the ride. Yeah. I'll learn as well, too. Um, I'm a fucking snob enough that I'm like, if I don't, you just got to be a good writer. Like, just <laughs> give me some pros that I can take in because otherwise, like, I. Ugh. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you, you got to trust the recipe. And yeah. at first, you got to see who's giving you the recipe. Yeah, and, you that's know. exactly it. Uh, we have vastly <laughs> diminishing returns with people's attention spans, and people decided that this was the time to write thirty pages about your fucking pimento yeah. cheese. Yeah. All right. Your, your great grandmother scratched you. out handfuls in recipes and gave it to you, and now is the time that you want to just talk about how flowery everything is in your world. <laughs> no, it's. It, I don't know. It just. I'm trying to be better about that. Where I do love if. When somebody gives me something directly, I hope that there's a story behind it, and I want to know what that story is. And I think that that's a disconnect sure. that I have with strangers, where when I'm trying to try one of their recipes, like I'll still scroll down and look at the recipe. And if I think it's bullshit, I'm not doing anything, and I'm out. <laughs> but if I think the recipe looks interesting, then I'll scroll back up, and I'll try and read a little bit and just be like, yeah. all right, are you trying to tell me something, or are you just writing because you need to write? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, hopefully you write and somebody says that connects with me Yeah. versus, you know, you take the extra time to explain exactly what you're doing. People will geek out at it or they won't. And that's fine. Hopefully, though, you know, uh, we attract the people that are like, let me look at that. Let me (laughs) dive deeper into that. And, you know, if you if if you want to learn more, great. You know, if you don't. That's fine. That's too. fine too. Again, keep scrolling. Yep. Uh, Jump to recipe. But I'll connect with you <laughs> because you know, ideally, hopefully, they feel the same way. Yeah, We're absolutely. not alone, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Charles, you want to you want to sew her up? Let's do it. Topic number six. Uh, we just had a proper summer of sorts for the first time in two years, if, if we can call it that. Um, so many of us have kept really busy this summer. I would imagine all of us in this room have done precisely that. What's something you're hoping to accomplish now that things are slowing down a little bit heading into the cold season? Maybe something you've been neglecting to do. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, cold season, winter season for Minnesota, I, you know, I think the thing is, is yeah, there's an inherent hunkering down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that can be a good thing. That can be right. 
diving into something so in terms of that you know like i kind of want to hunker down and get back to a little bit of cooking preparation stuff like that uh that's definitely definitely one of the things that um yeah that that with this sort of winter season, it is a time for self-reflection. It is yep. a time for hibernation a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that really, you know, if we have to be in Minnesota and hold up in our houses, <laughs> like as much as I want to say I love the outdoors and I do – when it's negative 20, like, all right, now I'm going to pursue the passions that involve reading a book, reading stuff online, whether it's cooking, whether it's something else. So, like, kind of hunkering down and, like, settling in a little bit. Hell yeah. I don't know if that answers the question. It no, may be I, the it, sixth shot, but it really I does. Know. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. It's something that we experiences northerners that if you're a listener and you're from a year-round warm weather climate i know that there are fluctuations in temperature even somewhere like the bay area where they maybe have a propensity to behave similarly to us just because it's cooler Mm -hmm. so they also have that like hot hot heat and this is when we party but here it can be like bacchanalia like when it gets hot when it gets hot in the in minneapolis (laughs) all bets are off party time (laughs) instantly like literally all bets are off that's just the way that things work here uh, uh, and then when it cools yeah. down then we say oh man i have been um i've been neglecting some <laughs> of my responsibilities or even hobbies things of that yeah. nature uh it is a, you know it is a little bit of you were mentioning you know hunkering down with your bent paddle yep. in your whiskey like you know like Things change, the world changes, we adapt, and like, you know, whether it's seasonal that helps us self-reflect on things, like, um, if I can't go outside, if I can't do the normal things that I normally do, like, let me find a way to make the most out of it, right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's the best you can do. You know, like, yeah. if, if it's always dark when I wake up and when I go to bed... At least I'm reading something interesting, trying something new um, to get me by. And like you said, Charles, like, you know, (laughs) when spring happens, like, yeah, I will be one of those people in shorts uh, (laughs) when it's like 45 degrees, you know. Oh, that's that's real, man. Cooking is such a great one, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, this summer with – the restaurants being reopened and wanting to not just to, as a matter of support, but also for personal gratification. Yeah, a lot of us have done a lot more dining out than we would on a. I love to dine out, and I would typically do it like twice a week, normal life. This summer, I did it like four or five days a week because I was just so excited to be out there, mm-hmm. and that means I neglected cooking. So cooking is certainly something that I'm like, oh man, I should really get back to to. Doing stuff in the kitchen. It's especially important, you know, like, yeah, it is darker. It is colder. There's a lot of time. So, like, you know, now's the time to take care of yourself and sort of, you know, change with the seasons, right? If I'm not able to get sunshine 
to help me feel well, like, you yeah. know, I might need to explore another beverage or cook a different meal I've never had before. That's like, that's exactly where my head was when you asked this question. Mm. For me, I, I am a big fan of, uh, because of like the way that I appreciate the art that I love, like sometimes I feel like I have this weird like insider's view on things. Like I can put music on and it just takes me into a completely different world. Sure. Or I can start cooking something and I am, especially if I'm playing something on top of it, like I just kind of forget about what's going on out there. There's never going to be a time that the amount of darkness that we experience during the winter doesn't affect me. But when I get in my house... I can change that mm-hmm. around. And so for me, one of the things that I've promised myself is with this year being like a year where we celebrated, like Charles was saying, being out again, it was nice for me to think, hey, during like the shutdowns, I got really into finding new music. I went deep. Like I was trying to find all kinds of crazy shit and I succeeded. And I looked at the last like six months and I've maybe found like two or three albums that, that I really dig. So one of the things that I want to do is get back into that and really yeah. like spend active time. I, I really enjoy it. I look at it as like walking through different museums and just trying to find different things that I like. And then on top Hunker of that. Hunker down with a beer and a shot. Absolutely. Get your headphones on. Absolutely. And then, and then maybe go cook something awesome with that. There's still so much that I'm not good at with cooking that I'm trying to get better at where like I'll try it and it's like, it's good, but I could be better. It's all right, but I could do this, this or this or this better. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to try and take it is like, okay, spend some time, find music late at night. My wife goes to bed probably an hour and a half to two hours before I do. That's my time to go like research and find Mm -hmm. well research. That's a dumb word. Go down the rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. find some music, (laughs) hopefully find some shit. I really dig. And then the next day at dinner, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to cook yeah. and I'm going to try something because, again, even if I like don't succeed, it'll still be edible. Yeah. I'm at a point where like I'm not going to fuck something up that we just can't eat. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that I want to do is try and merge those two back together where I'll find some new music and then I'll find a recipe and then let's put those yeah. two together and see if it works. Yeah. And if it does, she's a part of it and I'm like and then we can take that as like, okay. This is a good vibe. Let's do this moving forward. Uh, I've been focusing a lot on like filling in records that I wanted to have from my past. And in doing that, I have done nothing at like finding what's new. And there's so much good shit that's coming (laughs) out right now. And it's just like, damn it. All right. I got to think about that. Well, silver lining in everything that's happened over the past year is just take care of yourself. Mm. You know, like enjoy the things, whether it's music, concerts, Going out to your latest restaurant, yeah. you know, I just was at First Avenue on Monday, and uh, you know, there was some emotion. Yeah, there was some emotion that happened. What were you doing there on Monday? Uh, so it was a rescheduled show for Polisa mm-hmm. uh, oh, on okay. Monday. Cool. Yeah, and you okay. know, seeing that show, I, actually, the last time I saw you, Ben. Yep. Uh, well, maybe not the last time I saw you, but pretty close. Uh, was at a concert, right? It was at Ween. Uh, Mm. and you know, it was a nice washing of emotion just to hear live music, feel the crowd, things like that. Um, just the same appreciation of going to a restaurant and everything that's involved from the chefs 
to everybody, the servers that are involved that makes things happen um, just got me excited. So after I saw this show at First Avenue on Monday, <laughs> I immediately bought tickets to see Karangbin over yes. at the Palace Theater on in March. Oh, so I'll see you um, there. You know, because, again, I like their point of view. I like what they're doing. I want to support them. I need things in my life, whether it's food, music, drinks, to make everything else okay. Um, So, you know, like, uh, yeah, definitely silver lining moment of everything that's happened. I very rarely do this, and Charles, I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, I very, like, I have an overlap with my wife on music. But not on all music. <laughs> there are definitely concerts. That sure, are like, you have your... That's a me concert. Yeah, you got your Venn diagram. <clears throat> and I, uh, there is one of those concerts uh, on Saturday night. And I told her... This coming Saturday? This coming Saturday. Where at? Uh, it's at the, the Fitzgerald Theater. Oh, okay. It's, the a, uh, it's a, a duo called Story Hill. And they have been very influential. One of the guys, John Hermanson, has been very in- influential in my life. Uh, at one point was a friend, uh, I would say we're acquaintances now, but, um, I told her this isn't going to be a concert that you're necessarily going to love, but I'm asking you to come with me because this means a lot to me. And I just want to have you there. Cause this is going to be like a cathartic thing for me. Cause I haven't seen them live since before I met my wife and that was yeah. 10 and a half years ago and we're going to go to dinner at Meritage and we're going to get oysters mm-hmm. and it'll be like it'll be the first time that we've like we've done dinner and stand up comedy but this will be the first time that it's like dinner at a place that I've loved for a very long time and then we go to see a concert of a band that I've loved for a very long time and I was like I I know that this isn't going to be your scene but I'm asking you as your husband, yeah. would you come with just because it would mean that much to me? And she was like, down, let's oh. do it. And I'm so... I love that after that long, you could still pull that card. Yeah. Uh, when's the last time you pulled that card? Uh, for a concert? For anything where you think that she probably wouldn't <laughs> fully appreciate uh, what you're well, doing. Well, she gets, she gets mad wifey credit because if I didn't already knew that I wanted to marry her, uh, I told her... That I wanted to get dressed up. It was our... Wait, it was this long ago? Hold on. No, this is our dating anniversary, and we went to Guar. Oh. Yeah, yeah, well, no, we had a Guar story. That was the last time you pulled that card? Yeah, I don't... I don't. If she doesn't okay. want to go to the show, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. well, I, then that's pretty special. I, I don't... Mean, that's pretty I, cool. She's, I understand that music is a different language to me than it is to no. most people. Like, I will operate more than anything else on earth. Like, that's what speaks to me. I've walked through museums all over earth at this point and I've never been moved to tears by a painting. Yeah. I've never had trouble breathing, looking at a sculpture. I there's plays that I've seen that were great, but like music can do that to me on my headphones driving or yeah. like walking down the street, you know, like that's, that's it for me. So if, if I understand that I'm, I'm not trying to ask everybody to like pretend yeah, that they're yeah, there. Yeah. And so I just offer it to Jenny every time uh, I get, want to go to a concert. Hey, do you want to come to this? And if mm-hmm. she says no, cool. Yeah. Well, it's but a perfect, one where... perfect comfortableness with yeah. your partner, right? Yeah. Where yep. you say, this is who I am, mm-hmm. accept it or not. If you want to come join, great. Right. Oh, and if you don't, I understand. But well, that's the, uh, most, that's the yeah. most important part yeah. is accepting if yeah. they're going to say no. <laughs> I have to give a caveat. Technically, uh, technically, there was one other show, so I think the the Gore yeah. thing was real. Yeah, the the other show, but it it included a trip to Colorado. 
But um, we went to go see Trample by Turtles in at Red Rocks. And okay. she was like, I don't know when one song stops and the other one starts. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it. But like, just look around and like, you can appreciate it. She's like, yeah, yeah. I'm happy I'm here. I'm yeah. happy I'm at Red Rocks. But like, <laughs> I don't. As a jam man person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this song over? It's been thirty-two minutes. Yeah, yeah I understand. And, and I understand. Meanwhile, they uh, go in, they go into a loan, and I just have like fucking big boy, like just straight line tears coming down, and I'm like, this is so much. And she's like, is this a happy or a sad song? I can't tell. And I'm like, it's good. Both. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's both. But like, that's that's okay. Like, that's just because like I speak one language doesn't mean everybody else needs to. But that's that's it for me. Is like. I'm, I'm, that's, that's a thing. I want to get back into finding new shit. And then I love, there's nothing I love more than like finding a new band and being like, babe, what do you think about this? Cause mm. she's super open to listen to whatever. Some things, and the sure. best part about her is there's no gray area. She either likes it or she hates it. And then there we go. <laughs> that is very fair. Uh, I'm going to let my geek flag fly. Yeah, do oh, it. Yes, one. let's do it. I have been buying video games nonstop and playing none of them. Because when a game comes out that I want, I will buy it. And then if I neglect it for long enough, then I may never play it. Or I'll start playing it when it's like 9 bucks. But I just bought Metroid Dread on my Switch. And I played it for like 10 minutes just so I could say to myself, like, (laughs) start it. See what it's about. Force yourself to play it. But I got like the Ghost of Tsushima expansion. I got the Final Fantasy VII PS5 expansion. Uh, what else have I bought? I bought a, oh. I bought several more things. Oh, I got Ratchet and Clank. Borrowed that from my buddy actually because he had the disc. I Mine have a like little one or two jealousy because I kind of gave up video games. I used to be a mm. product of. We got you know uh, you know I'm a child of the. Uh, uh, born just in the tail end of the 70s. So and you got to tell me what okay. what was your first console. Uh, so for me personally, it was just like hundreds of thousands of other kids in the United States <laughs> was Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, I, I played a little Atari back in the day, but the first console that we got was Nintendo and I have three, uh, th- I have, we're, we're, we're three brothers. I have two older brothers, um, and uh, as much as I'm good at video games, I will never, you know, deny the fact that my uh, brother Mino got me into video games. So we had every single gaming system that came out from when uh, Nintendo happened to Sega, Dreamcast, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, but we were also arcade kids. So oh, that was me. Our mom would say, "Hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna go shop here, or there." You know, and there just happens to be arcade, so we would play arcade games all the time. Um, Street Fighter Two tournaments for cash in Wisconsin mm-hmm. at bowling alleys. Um, yeah, who is uh, who is your character in Street Fighter Two? Well, so uh, <laughs> I was over always Ryu, but my brother was always Zangief. Uh, you know, Street Fighter Two, uh, but. <laughs> so top top ten sickest I've ever been. Uh, I was in a Street Fighter Two tournament at, at Valley Fair, and uh, I was Zangief, and mm-hmm. somebody had given me uh, like a Kodiak pouch. Okay, <laughs> and I was like, like I had had chewing tobacco before. Yeah. I was like, yeah, whatever, and I put it in, and 
as we were playing, a cop walked up and he just was wa- he literally just wanted to watch. But uh, I had never like gutted it before. Oh. So you and, swallowed it? <laughs> well, I, I had to keep swallowing uh-huh. the spit, okay. and I won. And then another dude came up, and then I beat him. And then another dude came up, and I beat him. All the while where you're trying to throw up and from I'm just all like, the tobacco. I'm just slowly turning green because I was never a like chewing tobacco guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, more like Blanca. Like I was, <laughs> I was slowly like dying. Ooh. And I finally uh, – it was a tight match, but I literally – didn't even try in the last because I had to go. I went around behind the arcade and I just vomited at yeah. Valley Fair because I couldn't take that oh. shit anymore. But dude, <laughs> that culture it was yeah. so awesome back uh, then because like nobody understands now. Yeah, the arcade culture yeah. it was like going to a bar and having <laughs> like a competition. You know, it's the same thing as putting your quarters, quarters up out. on a pool yep. table or whatever. But I got like, next. You know, we thought we were hot shit, my brother and I, and then we went to Korea, and we went to some of the arcades over there, uh, whether it was Tekken, Street Fighter Two, uh, we thought we were hot shit, but we got our asses handed to us, so. Uh. Yeah, I was, uh, I was talking to Dan Herman about this this morning, but he... Uh, he used to be like really into high level magic cards, and obviously he's really great at pinball. What was the other thing? He was naming like all his like his geek proficiencies, <laughs> and I was like, I was a, a, a tournament level fighting game player when I was a kid. I mm-hmm. I'd put the I'd put a quarter up because yeah. I had a quarter, oh, and yeah. I'd sit there all fucking. It was days, the ultimate level playing field. Destroying people at Pops you know, Arcade. You put up the quarter. Yeah, we'll those see were, what you do. I, yeah, I loved. I I that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, because it was a, like a form of gambling. Even if you weren't actually gambling, it was you. You know, you're like, <laughs> Dude, this, is, this is my. I gotta leave if this. Yeah, I mean, we're twelve year olds. I gotta, I gotta like, go find my mom at fucking Herberger's <laughs> if this fucking quarter disappears. Hold on, I gotta take this back. Is there a chance that you and I were? We're equals playing each other in fighting games in no, Pops man. Arcade. No, I would have recognized you. Uh, uh, I don't know if you would have because I was there all the fucking time. Oh, you know, the first place I ever got robbed. I used to go to skip. I used to skip and go to Pops, and I don't know if it was the owner or the manager, but he said as long as you have passing grades yep. and you can show me, you can hang out here. Uh, and uh, and that was when I was in at Edison. Yep. And I would bring my like B minus report card and be like cool and be like all right what he's like i don't have time to deal with this what, as long what, as you're on. not failing in school you what, can hang out what year would that have been uh that's like 96 oh, 97 no, in that range yeah. uh those were so the most popular arcade that was there when i was there literally every day was the original uh, marvel versus capcom oh yeah that was mm-hmm. i was this was 92, 93, and a 94 for me. You know, uh, the best part about arcades, too, when you talk about uh, our arcade game that had four spots for people, you know, whether it was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Gauntlet, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, those are fun, and it's still cool to see those when you go to, like, Up Down. Yeah. When you see the the OG X-Men, and plus for me... We've talked about this on the show. I'm a big Nightcrawler geek. For him to be oh, yeah. in that game, I was like, ooh, I'm about to bamf on these motherfuckers. Oh, Nightcrawler streak to me. Bamf, bamf, bamf. We're on a three-episode Nightcrawler streak. Oh. We're not going to count the last episode because technically it was recorded prior. Eins, zwei, drei. 
set me in front of a Miss Pac-Man or Galaga. Oh, it's on. It reminds me of a Pizza Hut when I was like ten, <laughs> and there was always one of those machines. Yep. Yep. Tetris, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Galaga. There was be just one of them that barely worked, but you'd figure out. Well, oh, this is the handicap. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go left. I, that's the handicap. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're like Street Fighter. You're like, oh, I can't do the Ryuken, like the the, the special uppercut <laughs> oh, I on always... the left side. I have to. I got to be a right side guy. Right. You, you know, always knew if you were fucking your boy up, like too bad that he would tell you something's wrong <laughs> with the other side. Because uh, um, shout out Brandon, my buddy Brandon. Was he bragged for years about how great he was at NBA Jam when he was a kid, and I was pretty good at NBA, like you know, pretty good at NBA Jam when I was a kid. <laughs> but he's like, no one can beat me in NBA Jam. No one can beat me in NBA Jam. And I wasn't like, I never took him to task. Like, oh, I could beat you. But I remember when Up Down opened, when they were brand, brand new, and we went and partied there, I was like, you know what? I got to play Brandon in NBA Jam. And I fucking wrecked yeah. him. You're like, and he was like, oh, something's wrong with the joystick. <laughs> You're like, I've and been waiting like, for this for three years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we can switch sides. Do you want to switch sides? I'll play. And he was like, let's get some pizza and come back here later. And this place is dead anyway. <laughs> never played again. So, yeah, if Brandon, Brand, if you're listening, uh, I'm the last... The last time we played NBA Jam, which is the only time in the last 20 years, I beat your ass. Just, just get better. <laughs> just get better. Yeah, I still have. I, I still got my have money on Charles. The uh, <laughs> if you download NBA Jam on out of the uh, Apple Play Store or whatever the Apple. Oh, they got, is it on iPhones? Yeah, it's on iPhones, but it's also it's a retro version. Okay, and so yeah. it's awesome because it's it's from the like, only versions. It's from like 15 years ago. Yeah, the, and well, so trying to even. Be- Older than that? No, because it's got like Yao Ming and shit on there. Oh, okay. But no, I like that. I like the the old. Well, right, ones. but the best part is you unlock all of the original players. I check Scotty Pippen. If you, know? you if you go through and you beat like with one team, if you go through and beat all other NBA teams, then you unlock the original two from the original NBA Box Jam. And, six. and so that's that's my game <laughs> when I'm on the when I, when we're on a plane. And it's like before you can like plug in and watch a movie or like when it's in the, the, the landing or circling the runway, I'll just throw that on and I'll just fucking dunk <laughs> on motherfuckers for like two games and then we're good. So I just unlocked Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler and it's the shit. That's Fun. all I want to do. That's cool. <laughs> just block motherfuckers. I used to love getting someone in the corner and then just keep shoving them. Yeah. Let me go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. So that, that that was my answer. Is I got in February. There's a crazy amount of games coming out. So mm-hmm. that's that's real hunker down time. I'm gonna be like Arnie for the next two weeks. I got that living room TV on lockdown. Sorry, the PS5 is gonna be real warm. Lucky's gonna be sleeping on top of it, and I'm gonna be jamming. <laughs> Damn, I want to live vicariously for you. I <laughs> literally gave up video games at oh, a certain no, it's point. Mess. Uh, like, did you intentionally give up video you games? You know, I was like, oh, I just spent like 50 hours on Metal Gear Solid and I don't really play video games or my brother's asking me to do 27 button combos with Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, let me get back to this. And it was either... <laughs> I, I didn't have that balance in my point right now to pick and choose. That's fair. So That's fair. I said, yes, I am going to put that aside for a bit. But 
still get me in front of an arcade, like an actual console. Yeah. I want to feel the joystick. I want to feel the button. Oh, I got joysticks. And let's at home. go. You can come over. <laughs> Otherwise, let's just go to let's just go to up down. I'm in. <laughs> we could do that to too. Of course. There you go. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we should probably bring this train back into the station since we're going to head to Uptown right now. Uh, Judah, one more time, remind everybody where they can find you and how to follow all the things that you're doing. Oh, sure. Well, uh, our Biter Brewing, the brewery that I'm a part of, is uh, at, on Instagram, our Biter Brewing. Very clever. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, my day job, uh, BSG, we sell ingredients to breweries, and that's where you'll find me. Hell yeah. Uh, Charles, what if people want to know more about that Vanta Black Beard? Hey, you can follow my dumbass at uh, <laughs> It Came From The Sea on Instagram. As always, uh, we'll love and beg and plead for you to uh, give us nice reviews on whatever podcast site you are uh, downloading us from. Uh, it just helps us get out to more people. Please feel free to hit us up uh, on the socials and suggest any guests that you want to hear, any questions that you want us to ask, uh, anything like that. We're uh, pretty prolifically uh, interactive with any comments or questions that come our way. So just let us know what we can do. And uh, if for some reason you are fucked up enough to want to know more about me, just uh, look up Kwamunist or The Kwamunist and you'll find me on most things. Uh, either way, we hope that you had a wonderful time and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you again for tuning in. Yep. We love you. Woo-hoo. Peace. Peace.